Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Otis Mineral Glass Eyewear. Born on the rugged, surf-rich coast of Western Australia, they create sunglasses that look good, last the distance, and complement an eclectic lifestyle. Mineral Glass Lenses, environmentally friendly, scratch resistant, with perfect clarity. Otis Eco Acetate is made from resources widely found in nature like cotton seeds and plant matter using natural non-fossil fuel binders. That means the acetate part of our frames is non-toxic, recyclable, and certified biodegradable. Otis Glasses is beautiful. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at Surfa. S-E-R-F-A C-B-D. Use promo code late night with chalky at checkout for 20% off surfacbd.com. WaveKey is the world's most comprehensive land-based sensory surf discipline. The brainchild of former number one surfer Brad Gerlach, WaveKey's martial art-like focus on slow, precise, land-based movements embed powerful surfing patterns and fundamental technique for surfers of all levels. WaveKey is a land-based program allowing you to achieve a heightened focus on the movements as you practice. The effects of this are amplified when the practice begins to subliminally emerge in your surfing. It takes time for this to happen, but when it does, your surfing improves dramatically. Brad Gerlach is front and center in all aspects of the unique WaveKey course, presenting recorded videos, live session videos, Q's and A's, and insightful expert notes. Nuggets of gold that you simply won't find anywhere else. WaveKey, for the love of surfing. Friends and family, Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week, former pro surfer, him and his brother Aaron were making surf movies back in the 90s when traveling the world on the WQS tour. Fast forward to 2015 on a personal quest to dial in his surfboard and fin equipment. 
to improve his surfing and better understand all the new innovations in construction technologies. This guy has killed it. He created a YouTube channel called Surf and Show website. <clears throat> I don't know what else he's got going on, but we're going to find out where he breaks down and gives great feedback on shapes, construction, fin designs, and you name it from all the best surfers, uh, all the best shapers. We welcome Noel Sal. He doesn't really have a nickname, but we go short. Salas. Thanks, Noel. Appreciate yeah. you coming on the show. And congrats on, on your success with uh, Surf and Show. Yeah, I'm fired up. I mean, yeah. um, back in the 90s, you talk about being on the QS. Jay and I spent some time together in Hawaii. So yes. when uh, you guys reached out and talked about you know jumping on the podcast and stuff, uh, I, I couldn't be more stoked to yeah. um, hear kind of like what you guys are doing and then... Yeah, we we love talking about surfboards. We like talking about surfing and our what we're passionate about and just helping surfers in general. And that's kind of how we started. Yeah. So, hey, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, so we're yeah. stoked to have you. You uh, have carved a little niche, you know, in, in keeping the dream alive. And yeah. we always, you know, love to hear how, how that unfolded. You sure, know? yeah. And you're always a lowers, dude. I know. Why are you going to tell everybody? Yeah. And, and I, I mean, we, we grew up, and, and we're going to get to this, but we grew up on, you know, a single short board, fixed fins, you know, glass-ons, mm -hmm. you know, and and um, to stay, you know, to stay on top of your game and, and, and your surf, you know, like stoke, but, you know, your, your ability to, you know, shred whatever is out there. I mean, the, the game has changed, you know, yeah. all the different equipment and, you know, to to give that feedback and breakdown on what you do is awesome. And yeah. I'm excited to hear more about it for sure. Sick. It's it's crazy because, you know, we talk about this all the time, how, how the world has changed, you know, before it would be magazines and video, right? Yeah. yeah. There was no internet. There was no YouTube. social media. Sure. Yeah. There's no social media. So, you know, guys like you guys like us, we've had to adapt to, to the here and now. Right. And it's awesome to see, you know, someone like you utilize those, you know, new inventions. But before we get into that, let's start at the beginning. Where did you find surfing? It's a good question. So I remember being pushed into whitewash um, in the South Bay. So my, wow. my parents have been hairdressers since before I was born. Crazy. And uh, my brother and I have always loved the beach. My dad had a salon between Avenue C and D in Redondo Beach. And so I'd go with him to work. And we'd go surf every day, but my uncle Derek, who's Hawaiian, he pushed me on my first wave, probably when I was roughly nine and a half, ten years old, and I just got so hooked. So yeah. a little late, a little late, right? Yeah. Did, I mean, you, did you guys live by the beach or just the just salon? Just the salon was, was by the beach, okay. and my dad would go, and I would go with him every chance I got, and I left all my surf equipment at the salon yeah. in this little back part. and Your clubhouse. Yeah, basically. <laughs> where where was home? Home was in Torrance, by kind of by Torrance High School. Okay. Yeah, and so we would jump in the car, or I'd catch a bus, or I'd ride my bike or my skateboard to the salon, get my surf stuff, and walk a block or two to the beach, and I'd just surf all day. Wait, were you boogie boarding or just beach? Would you, was your family like a beach family? Everything. Like we body surf yeah. together. We'd, you know, we'd get into the big Avenue C and D, a lot of closeouts. So we'd get body boards, yeah. and we would just pull into huge closeouts. And we just didn't care. We just wanted to be in the beat, in the water and riding some sort of wave, and we didn't care what the craft was. No. Really. Okay, what's, what beach was it again? Hermosa uh, or Redondo? Avenues. Redondo, the avenues, yeah. Okay. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Yeah. Torrance burnouts in the avenues. Yeah, avenues, topaz, sapphire. We'd get down to Redondo Beach break walls when it wasn't too big and the Lurson brothers weren't um, policing us too yeah, hard. Right. We were just little kids, so, you know. But you knew all the hot spots. And, we knew you the know, hot you spots. You knew that was the, the graduating, like, wave once you once you knew how to, like, right. rip. And in the summertime, we'd head down, surf uh, Malibu and Leo Carrillo and County Line. We would try and get up the coast to get to some point breaks and start really working on surfing, yeah. you know, because the avenues were such a quick, short beach break. And now, is you, your brother yeah. younger or older? Or? My brother's 18 months older. Oh, that's it? Yeah. So you guys are just like thick as thieves. Yep. Yeah. Best friends for sure. That's awesome. Fought a bunch growing up. Yeah. 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 But yeah. And your uncle surfed? My uncle surfed. He worked for um, Delta Airlines. Cool. So he was a surfer that lived in the South Bay, and he pushed me in a couple waves, took me surfing every now and then, and my dad would take me surfing, and it was just history from there. Nice. Did, did your dad surf too? or My no? dad rode longboard, yeah. Sick. So we'd get out there yeah. and surf before church or whatever. I remember doing that as a kid, just always trying to get out there and have some something in the yeah. ocean three or four days a week. Try. Yeah. I wonder why the... No, not too many surfers were in the airline industry. You know, you don't see too many. Like, what a great job! Uh, you know, speaking yeah, of your yeah. your uncle surfed and he, you know, worked for Delta. That I mean, and he, you said he's Hawaiian. You he's could, Hawaiian, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I just yeah, thought to, like to wow, be able a, to go to Hawaii. Back, just, I mean, on a buddy pass or yeah, yeah, they get all kinds of perks like that. Free. I know they get to grind and they don't make a lot of money at first, and you got to kind of put your time in, or right. unless you're a pilot. But sure. just that that perk of, of traveling would be awesome yeah, for a surfer. Yeah. So. You, you talked about going to different spots, but gosh, man, that stretch of beach, you hardly got good waves. Like you said, it's it's mostly... We needed windswell. <laughs> we needed weird uh, um, swell directions. Um, it was heavily localized. So some of the best spots like Haggerty's, the Cove, yeah. Indicator, any of that stuff in there was just hands no, off. No. Yeah. You just don't go there. And when we were kids... And I was surfing 10, 13 years old, 14, 15. You got punched in the face. Yeah. yeah. Localism was gnarly back then. It was the gnarly back then. I'm not saying there isn't spots that are like that now. Yeah. But, you know, surfing's changed a ton. Yeah. I think for the better, you yeah. know, for sure. It, it, as a, as a ground, being punched in the face or grabbed or thrown out or whatever, yeah. it was a nightmare, man. Even yeah. if you had stickers or, or an air spray, like you got clowned. Like if you had sure. like color on your board or like stickers, yeah. like they, it was just that old school mentality of like, Black, you're you're suits, exploiting our sport, and you're you know you're going to tell people about my spot, and there's this, they're so narrow minded, yeah. but well, you know they'd, they'd really hate me now, <laughs> <laughs> right? So no. so, um, what was your first surfboard? Uh, first surfboard was a Kanoa Laser Zap. 
No way. That was my first board. So it looked like the Shane Haran butt tail. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of really big, um, really unproportioned. I I mean, it had such thick, boxy rails. It had a flat deck. Yeah. And it was just hard for me to turn, but it was a thruster, and I could not be happier. Went really fast, but didn't want to turn. Didn't want to turn, yeah. (laughs) And I was okay with it. (laughs) A Shane Haran thruster, though. It was kind of, well, that's the laser zap kind of tail. but it was thumbtail. Yeah, it was kind of shaped by some guys in Pals Pals Verdes at the time. Yeah. And my Uncle Derek, the Hawaiian guy, gave it to me. No way. Yeah. Kanoa Kanoa was Mike Barella and Mike Benavides. Something like Sounds that. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you grew, you pretty much grew up in that scene. Yeah, until I was about fifteen, and then we moved to Carlsbad area. No way. Yeah, your parents moved their salon, or they sold the salon, okay. and my dad started doing real estate, and we headed to actually Vista for my junior senior year. I graduated from Rancho Buena Vista High School, and then we moved to Carlsbad shortly thereafter. And just served Oceanside Harbor, the pier, Carlsbad, and all of the Game Changer. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about now we have Surf 365. It's just any and all kinds of different waves to surf, and it was catching all kinds of different swell direction and was way more consistent compared to South Bay. Isn't it funny? Like when, when you are surfing shitty waves and it gets good, you're like, damn, it's good today. Right. And then you go on a random day. To somewhere like Oceanside or Malibu, and you see a wave that's, you know, it's a hundred times better right. than what you usually surf. Right. But for that day, at that spot, it could be mediocre. Mediocre, but best, yeah. it's a hundred times better. Yep. And you're just like, wow! I wish you know. I could surf here every day. I wish I lived here. You know, yeah. I wish I could surf here all the time. Right. But it's funny how how like content you are whatever conditions you have you're content because you're surfing yeah true that <laughs> you know south bay was was tough it was tough to um think that you could try and get on tour if yeah. that was your home base for a, um, the greater part of your younger life yeah but uh great brownie did it yeah there was there's some been some great surfers that yeah. came out of the south bay that just destroyed yeah, yeah. you know we we've had greg browning on jeeves yeah. on but you know when you think about the that pedigree of surfing from the south bay it's not as populated you know sure, what I mean? sure because you know frohoff ted robinson yep. Ke- kelly gibson south bay uh that might have been before yeah. my, yeah. my time I, that you one. know but there isn't a hell of a lot of south bay yeah. world tour wqs yep. surfers right yeah. right and it's weird because it's got such rich culture and within surfing and you know some of the pine you know the pioneers from the yeah, early days and sure. that was their stomping ground and that's yep. where you know it was so influential for so long and it yeah. still is i mean you know there's it, iconic shops have been around forever there sure yeah. sure but yeah the the waves you know just like in anywhere everybody ha- different times of the year has its moments you know yeah. you look at santa barbara it's like dude it's flat there like three quarters of the year you yeah. know you right. have to travel an hour South or an hour north, you know, yeah, and look boat. where that produced, yep. you know. Yep. You just have to, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the cur- yeah, Kearns and Bobby, Bobby and Dane and Malloy's, and, yeah. and, you know, the list goes, you know, long and deep, deep there. Yeah. But So did you start surfing uh, contests? Um, not till I got to Carlsbad area. I did a couple in L.A., 
like some local um, surf shop stuff at like Manhattan Beach Pier. Yeah. We used to hang out at Becker and ET Surf a bunch. Nice. And uh, I remember that stuff. And I remember Dennis Jarvis's shop driving by it all the time when I was a kid, just always looking at his boards and stuff. And Only social media platform for all sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any league or group you want. And follow us at Late Night with Chalky to be notified when our room goes live. Spotify Green Room. Yeah, it was just, so we did a little bit up there in L.A. Did, County. Did you ever get sponsored in, in L.A.? In L.A., I, I didn't really have any sponsors. It didn't happen until I, I came down to Carlsbad area huh. and um, surfing the harbor all the time. It was a good place to meet people. And, you know, yeah. it, it would seem like Taylor Knox, Mike Lambrizi, um, a bunch of pros were always down there surfing. So you were more – I was better exposed to – better surfing um able to talk to mike lambrizi and and um guys would come that are in the industry would come and see people surfing good and then would strike up conversation do you have any sponsors and that's kind of how it started for me isn't that interesting when when you're surfing with high caliber it definitely like makes you up your game for sure versus i mean we interviewed xanadu a few weeks ago and he surfed all by himself he didn't even know how to go backside he just thought he, he went. Was, he switched, but he just went regular, you know, front side goofy, front side regular, and that's how he learned how to surf because he didn't have that exposure People to watch, you know, which is trip. freaking crazy. That's but yeah. you, you know, you, you know, you see, and, but I'm, and I'm those surprised guys are ripping. though you didn't get sponsored because you had to been surfing pretty good. At I was probably 13. pretty decent, you know. South Bay, the waves are quick; they close out a lot, so you don't spend a lot of time on your feet. Yeah, and I feel like I got. The best part of my surfing when I was living in the South Bay is going up to Malibu and Leo Carrillo and some of those point breaks up there yeah. more often just so I could get four or five turns and even fill out a board for crying out loud, yeah. you know? So who, who were the guys were you, were you looking up to uh, at that time? Um, I think the Brewer Brothers. Oh, yeah. Were, um, they the were pretty. The Brewer Brothers are two twins, blonde hair guys. Yeah. I haven't heard of the name in a long time. I haven't even said that name in a long time. Yeah. But there were two guys... That um, being on the surf team at Redondo, that everybody knew who those guys were. And it wasn't until we moved here that I even heard the name Rob Machado. Wow. When I saw Rob surf the first time, I think it was at 56th Street. I was like, yeah, I was like, whoa, that guy is like, I've never seen anybody so smooth and like it looks so effortless. Yeah, yeah. Lightning. And then it really put me into perspective of where I was in the category of how good I was. I was like, this is going to be a hard task to like go up to that level because I had a great appreciation for beautiful surfing. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. What was like your, you go down to Carlsbad and, and now you, you have your, you're in a mecca of surf. There's a lot of shapers. What, what, like where did you gravitate with like surf shop and surf shaper? So surf shop was surf ride. Okay. Um, and then shaper, Oceanside. as soon as I got sponsored by surf ride, I linked up with Channel Islands at oh, wow. Santa Barbara because it was kind of like a collaboration shop slash yeah okay this is a guy that the shopping like they respected me out of for oceanside and carlsbad that area yeah and they're like we'd love for you to get on the shop but we kind of want to tie you into a brand and i was already talking to ci at the at that time 
and um, it just seemed to fit good. It started with Brian at Sunset in Encinitas, and then it went straight to Surfride and tidied in there, and then I ended up working for the shop for a while, getting to know Bill and Richard Bernard real well, cool. mm-hmm. the shop owners, and um, yeah, that's kind of where it really started. I, there was a guy named Skip that saw me out at the harbor that said he was repping for CI and Quicksilver wetsuits at the time. Huh. And he's the one that got me on both those sponsors right away. Huh. Yeah. Just at, one day surfing at, 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 at the harbor. At around 15 years old? I was probably, I was driving, so I was probably, well, actually, I think that was probably when I was about 19. Oh, wow. 20. Okay. So the Bud Tour was still going on. Yeah. And that's kind of my, my launch into it, but Lambreezy coached me for a while. How and cool. then it kind of just took off from there. Yeah. So you didn't do too much amateur surfing. I did a little bit of uh, NSSA. Um, what's the... WSA? The NSSA, that there was two different ones. There's Explore like, and Open. Explore and Open. So yeah. I did more Explorer. Yeah. And the Open was a little bit harder. Definitely. That I remember. And um, surfed against guys like Mike Voss. Um, some of the guys that were on the na- banning caps. Yeah. They were on the... Chris and Brett Struthers. For they sure. were on the national team. Yeah. And I remember those guys and losing to them often. <laughs> and then... They were good I, competitors. Yeah. And then when I started training with Lambreezy... Um, it wasn't till shortly thereafter, working on bottom turns and cutbacks, that he's like, "It's up to you what you want to do now." So, and then it just started surfing the bud tour because it just seemed like it was the appropriate thing to do for my age. Yeah. Can Can we just pause there for a sec? You talked about you know getting coached and learning proper bottom turns and and proper cutbacks. Like, you know, two not critical moves, but they are the most some of the most critical moves. Yeah. You know, it that that the, you need to. They're the move before yeah. the move. They're, they're yeah. the setup yeah. or, you know, the transition or whatever. Because I think that gets overlooked a lot. And, sure. you know, I I was P- – Peter Towns and PT was our junior high surf coach. Mm. And that was the f- one thing that he taught us first thing. Mm. Like learn a bottom turn. Right. Learn to, like, come off the bottom and get up into the pocket, you know. Yeah. Don't Project. race down the line. Don't even look down the line. And, you know, like – and it's just that – it always stuck with me, right? Because once you figure that out, and you're like, "Wow, that's how you you get speed," right. not gyrating down the middle of the wave, mm-hmm. you know. Like, Why do you look at me when you say that? Yeah, <laughs> Lyndon just goes down as fast as he can into the wave and does the old school like cutback. No, um, but no, I mean, so Lambrizi was instrumental on like huge. giving you huge like huge. contest tips or just improving style and surf technique. I think it like, was both. I he'd already won. Three. He had five. He had five U.S. championships at the time when he started working with me. Wow! And I was into reverses, three sixties. I was doing airs because I was skateboarding a lot, a lot of vert, yeah, and a lot of like any kind of bowl, something that we could find, or even like yeah, you know, the ditches. We would skate ditches, and we were always doing big grinds and trying to do airs, and yeah, and, he's like, no. and <laughs> and so when I started to surf, and he he agreed to coaching me. He's like, hey, you just. I don't want to hear any back talk or any questions because when you do, it's I'm done. Yeah. And we were shooting video all the time. Yeah. And so Taylor and Mike were surfing together a lot. And Taylor Knox. Taylor Knox, yeah. yeah. And I started joining those guys in the sessions and we were videoing everything. So I'd get home and get to go watch it with Mike and Mike would critique everything. And then I had one where he's like, okay, for a certain duration of time, I don't know if it was like 30 or 60 days, it was bottom turns, cutbacks, and floaters and snaps, and that's it. 
Yeah. He goes, if I see any reverses or if I see any errors at all on video, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> That's so awesome. Dude, it was so hardcore for me. So yeah. in, in the end, Different it was approach. like, yeah, the next. Full, that full third, Mr. Miyagi. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that 30 days was great. And I really felt like Mike's coaching really pushed me into great habits. Yeah. You know, learning how to use the rail to generate speed instead of gyrating. You yeah. know, like. Compressing, extending, super important, but learning how to push through turns to gain speed wasn't really a concept of mine. It was more or less stay high, get as much speed, and try something radical. Yeah. And I still feel like that's where the youth is today. Yeah. And what ended up happening to me is at the end of a wave, I would try and get a break free and do a big tail side or I'd go for an arrow reverse. And I actually pulled one, and I, I would probably would have given myself at the time on the QS standard of judging i would say that was probably an eight and i was so excited that was like my <laughs> best clip ever and he's like and then my brother's like bro that was sick <laughs> and mike goes you do that again and i'm done <laughs> i was like so we continued on for another 30 60 days after that first 30 and i felt like at some point it made me a solid competitive surfer like on my rails but i kind of felt like i lost the edge to be creative yeah and it was almost like it was a tipping point where now I get to an end section and I want to do a big layback gash where I'm setting that heelside rail in. Or I'm doing a two-turn combo where I'm doing a roundhouse off that and blasting this side, which I love both. Yeah. But it kind of messed me up with I lost my, my ability to timing the errors and all that stuff. And I never went back to surfing more creatively and getting into tricks. I kind of just stayed really. Yeah. So... But it was good for me. Yeah. I'm super happy. Like, where I'm at in my surfing today, yeah. I couldn't be happier. Thank you, Mike Lambrizi. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, you know, you could only do, you know, the tricks for so long. I mean, it's either you, you're going to get injured or just, you know, there's going to be somebody, you know, doing it bigger and harder and higher, which is always the case, sure. you know? Sure. But fundamentals, you know, like, you still use it till today. Right. You yeah. know, top was, turn, cut back, yeah. you know, like using and maximizing the way of getting speed. You know, it's not like you're, you know, I don't know how old you said you were 40 something, mm -hmm. but yeah. I don't, I don't look to go do yours. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I just want to go do some good turns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had Slam Breezy on the show a while ago. Oh, sick. He was talking because, you know, he was a boogie boarder. Right. Right. And then he was exceptionally well at boogie boarding and right. won, you know, contests and stuff. Sure. And then got into surfing, and then uh, he was telling us how he got videotaped for the first time and watched it, and he said, I am horrible. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. He was like, man, I can't believe I surfed that bad. But I want to give him credit. He, he wasn't just a boogie boarder. He was doing both. Like, he right. was making yeah. money. Yeah, he was making money yeah. on the boogie side. Right. And he's like, but, why not? But yeah, he was... He was gyrating to where he was like really bummed out on his style and sure. Yeah. And it was because he went and surfed with some again, just like you, you know, relocating and now he's around these international like surfers and he saw like how fast they're going and their arms and you know, he just really took note of it and made it a mission to, you know, yeah. smooth out style and right. look That's at it now. So, yeah. <laughs> so so you started surfing PSAAs? Yep. Yep. Started surfing that and um Who's your sponsors? Sorry. Yeah. I think Channel back Islands. then it was CI, Gotcha. Oh, you went to Gotcha? Uh, I went to Gotcha. I worked with Crickshank. Um, nice. Never made a penny from any of the clothing companies. <laughs> Just saying straight up. Like, yeah. Never made a penny. Now, got 
got some financial backing from Surfride, Spy Optics, and there was a couple of sponsors here and there that helped pay. And every penny I had would be to go to the next Bud Tour or QS event, Japan, anything like that. And when the Bud Tour died off, it was really hard. You had to make some serious commitment to get out on the QS and travel, go to New Zealand, Australia, Brazil, you know, Argentina, and, and really try and go for it. And then at some point, you know, through the year at two thirds, it's like if I didn't have any good solid points, we weren't going to Europe. Yeah, because it was pointless. Crick Shank was a team captain then. Team he manager. was a team manager at the time when I, he was when there was Gotcha and MCD, mm-hmm. and then I went over to Rip Curl, and um, Rip Curl was was tough. Also, you know, Poncho Sullivan was huge. Uh, Nathan Hedge was coming into into play, and then you had. Kern was on uh, the search and yeah. all that stuff was going on, which was yeah. all super fun. Well, it's a trip now that you know we're talking about it. And during that time, was that early nineties, mid nineties? I'd say mid nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties. And surfing was was pretty big. Yeah, and, and I mean, it was you know almost at the height of the boom of the surf industry. Sure, right. The the Bud Tour might have been waning, but surf brands were freaking blowing yeah. up and uh you know back then you had world tour guy a tier of different type of sure. pro surfing sure. right and you fit kind of like below the the high marquee your tom currens your poncho sullivan oh sure yeah but you could still kind of scrape by and, and make a living out of it yeah i don't feel like that's changed much yeah no right. and, and it's and changed it, a lot and i think yeah i think there it's even worse off now sure yeah. because of the the brands had budgets where you know like you said you mentioned you were surfing with the the rep that you know saw you surfing oceanside and mm-hmm. you know like oh this guy rips and oh you're a part of surf ride and whatever let's get this guy hooked up and those those little influential guys in that region you know like the companies did a really good job back then, back of, then yeah. of having that tiered system like Home, linden hometown, said mm-hmm. hometown heroes or local heroes yeah sure. you know it helps support the shops like hey you know it, it works full circle like we're yeah. trying to drive sales we're going to sponsor this ripper in your your town and it just it's a you know you got that and then you had the domestic kind of guy maybe you got photos and maybe it was in videos and maybe he did some contests because right. there wasn't really free surfing that right. that was yeah. that hasn't really taken off at that yeah, time true, true and then you had the you know the competitors yeah so rip curl and channel islands then it was rip curl uh when i was when i left ci i went to xanadu oh xanadu and xanadu never shaped me a bad board yeah there oh. was a few there was a couple magic boards and i'd say that Every board worked if I spent a little bit of time on it. And I can't say that to be true about every board brand that I rode for when yeah. I was on tour. So I've, how, ha- I've had that experience, too, with people questioning, like, well, why are you riding that board? I go, because every time I order them and I don't have to sit there and change a bunch of things, I just get a board and it works. Right. Yeah. And I get a board and it works. So, how, like, what am I, you know? Yeah. How did you connect with Xanadu? Through the shop? or No, I saw Gerlach ripping on them. I saw Lisa Anderson ripping on them. I've always I was always attracted to Xanadu's and CIs as a kid in the shops. There was something about the three hexagons on the nose with the CI boards, mm-hmm. and then the Xanadu X with the little shaving in the nose. Yeah. I just liked that so much yeah. as a kid. I just wanted that. That's I just funny. remember wanting that. And I was so drawn to his boards. They had such a unique high performance look to them that I wanted to ride for them so bad and. I was hanging out with Dean Randazzo at the time, 
and Dean would occasionally get board shaped from Xanadu. The Jersey Devil. And, yeah, and him and I would switch boards at times because we were riding roughly the same volume on our high-performance short boards. And I got on one of his Xanadus. I'm like, this feels pretty good. Yeah. So I reached out to Xanadu and Xanadu and I just started working together. And that's who I was writing for um, at the end before I... How funny. Before I stopped surfing on With tour. this deadly fin template. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That thing was gnarly. Yeah. We, we had him on the show yeah. a couple weeks ago and you know I, I used to work at Huntington Surf and Sport and did the board room and sure, sure. buying and I remember you know meeting him for the first time and how how trippy the guy was yeah. and how you know not your typical looking surfer like you know like yeah and not your typical Brazilian no either. right right like super humble super quiet super mellow yeah. and um, but you know we hadn't connected in a long time, and uh, Garth Tarlow connected us. Yeah, and we finally went and and got to sit down with him, and learning his background and how he, you know, got into surfing and how he traveled the world. Yeah, you know, and and that he comes from wealth. Right, you would never have known. Sure, any of that. Yeah. And it's it's mind blowing how cool that dude is. Yeah. Well, that and just how creative and like you said, his his boards were appealing and they were different and unique, but they they worked. They you did. know, like yeah. obviously, you know, people. I just ordered one. Yeah. Xanadu, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's in my book, he's he's top five. Yeah. yeah. He could even be. Well, we'll just leave it at top five. I haven't ridden his stuff in a long time. Yeah. But like I said, there was never a time when he gave me a board and it didn't work. Yeah. So how long did you grind it out on the tour? I don't know, maybe like four or five years. And then probably about the sixth year, I kind of, after Huntington, I put a lot of pressure on myself, the US Open. I just said, if I don't do good here, I'm done. Because at that time, I was dating my wife for like three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get married. And you can only not make money for so long. Yeah. And yeah. You, as you grow up, it's like you want to start life, you know? Did, did you have some notable results or? I had, um, I had a semifinal at the Caton. I lost to, it was Sonny Garcia, Richie Collins, Banning Caps, and myself in the semi. And Banning and Richie got through, and Sonny almost beat me up out in the water. Yeah, <laughs> sounds right. Sonny was so gnarly. He was such a gnarly competitor. It was my right. It came right to me, and it was a heat winner. And he's just going left, and Richie was on the other side, and him and I had already negotiated that, and Sonny yeah. just wanted to come in and wreck it. Yeah. And it was so, it was right at the start of the heat, like the first like 30 seconds. And I'm uh, thinking, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I can't get an interference yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. This is semis. It's like, so I pulled back. He pulled back. Richie got probably it was one of his top three waves because it was back, best three back then. Oh. And Banning was down the beach just destroying these little lefts. And he ended up winning the heat. So. And Sonny and I packed it up, and I thought, man, you know what? I should have just took a punch in the face <laughs> because that would have been my first final ever in, like, a QS event. Yeah. It was, uh, like, a maybe at, what, a 1,000? It was a one-star back in the day. Yeah, but because of the team format in, 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 inside the, you know, part of the event, it brought in all the best guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, Slayer the used to do The challenge was amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. they can... Like Slater, yeah. Machado, like, I mean, I mean, from Dino to Parson, you, Pat, I mean, you go down the list and it was always a big, it, it was a big draw packed, like, yeah. cause yeah. It, it was fun. Yeah. It was super fun. It's and, crazy how, how 
some people want it more than others. Right. Right. Like Sonny and Richie was, that dude was a fierce competitor too, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Richie was nuts. He, Todd he, Miller was crazy good. Yeah. Was yeah. he crazy? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like fight, but it, he was in your really face. Really competitive. Yeah. yeah, Giddings was in, he was yeah. super competitive. I, I surfed against those guys a lot. Yeah. And then um, went to Japan, did a QS over there and made quarters. Sick. Those were back-to-back events. Riding one board, it was 510 Xanadu at the time. Wow. And I surfed, remember, there was one U.S. Open in the same year. It was macking, foggy. Yeah. And I remember riding that Xanadu 510 out in that big surf. And I went through five or six rounds on that board. And it was so foggy at times that they'd send us out, and you know the current. Yeah. And then they couldn't see us anymore. They're like, oh, come back in. I'm like, dude, you didn't just send us out there and bring us back in. <laughs> I We've remember been that paddling event. for like 15, 20 minutes. I remember that event. I was on America that event. It yeah. It was a long time ago. It was big out I there. I remember Some yeah. of the, one of the, one of the. Um, Is it the one when Gerlach did the floater? Or? I don't think it was. I don't think Gerlach was in it back then. I don't think that was it. But I, I remember doing pretty well in that event. I never did well. I, I think I made it round before quarters. Like right. Don't make up stories no, to impress anybody. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't even, like, <laughs> I, if I, after years of, like, doing that event, I made it, like, through two heats. Um, but that heat, I lost to Ren and Roca. Right. And, I, and somebody else I don't remember, but, like, the current was so... Heavy. Heavy. Yeah. And, you know, you have, if you blew one, you know, you're... I don't remember the fog, but I just remember. Well, I probably started earlier rounds than you did. I don't because you were a higher seed than I was, and I had to yeah. start at like probably round two, and I went through probably I, I probably lost in main event round two, which was a long ways to go through five rounds yeah. in yeah. big surf in like two or three days. Yeah. was a big deal for me, and it was still in the Xanadu, and I never put two and two together. I was always riding a six zero high performance shortboard, and all I needed to do was go down in length. Five nine, five ten, and I think it would have separated me. You weren't switching yeah. your equipment. I just, you know, I was so stuck on what Kelly was writing. Yeah. Just to be honest with you, yeah. I mean, Kelly was had so much influence on that generation. the world tour and our generation yeah. that if if we weren't writing something similar, because we're all the same height and same weight, yeah, it was known to have your shortboard as an inch or two bigger than you. Yeah, and if you're bigger and heavier, then you would go like. Two three inches, you know, like right. bigger than you. Right. Working at way HSS, too, way too big. Yeah, way too long. And, yeah, 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 too much. We're just getting HSS. Fit. It was so crazy because the the best selling board was Al Merrick at the time. Yeah, Channel Islands. But every other big name brand, your Rusty, your Xanadu, Spy, whoever Spire was else, big then too. Yeah. yeah, whoever else you would order i would order the same dimensions right you know it was six two eighteen and a quarter that's the influence two, i'm talking about two and an eighth two and a quarter we you know so brainwashed yeah man. it was such a bummer and that was no. like the the size right you know that sold every single time six two six one right you know those are the the two sizes that every single board you'd had if you ordered one six oh you know, a 511, yeah. you would order 562s sure. and 561s. Yeah, yeah. And those are the ones would sell because <laughs> of the Kelly but, effect. But going back to your point, there was a transition of, you know, going to Japan or Argentina or Uruguay. These places are known for, it's going to be super small. Yeah. You know, most other places like, oh, Australia, you're going to surf 
at least swell and chunky yeah. or good waves or right. you know Europe same thing and I I remember going to Japan on my, on a Mark Pesh and I brought a 510 and it had wide wider tail block. wide tail block had a little hip less rocker. little less rocker and <laughs> no joke I was like this thing is so good and then I ended up riding in a little bit like and, I, and again it was for you know shoulder high chest yeah. high and below and I'm like, this thing seems so fast, and I could put it where I wanted. I was like, magic. And then I'm like, I, and I kept pushing the envelope on like what size I could get away. Right. And I'm like, this thing's working in everything, you know, just hollow waves. Like it doesn't matter if it was meant for it's small. Just magic. It just was magic. So I just, you know, kept refining, and it, it was kind of a tough, you know, to change your whole like a quiver. And I was like, well, I just ended up writing that board almost in everything right you know it yeah. was crazy and did you get good results on it and how to go yeah for, you? for sure seeing how how i missed that yeah i don't know i got off that board because it was pretty hammered yeah it went through three events and i'm writing it every day and the board was just almost trashed and i thought i never put two and two together that have another one shaped and i didn't think huntington was just macking i mean some sets were scraping the bottom of the pier yeah, yeah. and i was writing that board out there and it was way out of that board's element. Yeah. However, I could, I had the, it was so responsive that I could get it into that lip real quick before it closed out or whatever. Yeah. And I never put two and two together that I needed to go shorter. At 5'9", I was riding a 6'0". Yeah. So just adding that length, it just takes time to move that rail line around. And we're surfing mostly beach break and it's on the QS. It was a grind. It was yeah. junky. So... I just, I missed it altogether. I just never saw it. It's funny, though, how you can make a board work if you believe it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, sometimes you just go, oh, my God, these rails are perfect. Yeah. Perfect shape. And then, you know, the thickness through the nose to the tail, sure, you're like, sure. wow, you know, like, oh, and the fins look like they're perfectly placed. And you're like, this board's insane. And yeah. it turns out to be insane. Yeah. But then you're like, yeah, it's the best board I ever had. And then, boom, you get something completely different something that you might not think works and sometimes it does right you know how right. weird is you know it's strange but I, I was looking at guys boards the generation before us whether it's like simon law matt hoy or sunny or you know po all these guys that were kind of the 80s pros that yeah. were kind of still on top of their game in the mid 90s early 90s i was looking at their boards and here we are like you said we're all chasing the slater glass slipper like freaking you know banana rocker route and I'm, I'm looking at those guys who are, who are going the fastest and dominating outside of the few of the younger. And they were on R510s, like yeah. that's the wider, thicker. you know, thicker, like, you know, outline. But they were a little bit long, you know, they were on longer boards. Right. But that, that board, you know, concept of a little thicker rail. But, the, you know, those guys were powerful and they're yeah. grown men. You know, we were right. just like groms. Right. You know? so, so going back in time what was your first surf trip i think probably first trip surf trip out of california yeah um i'd say i'd say australia was my first trip nice yeah for qs i was there for a month nice yeah and that's kind of a funny story i was working at surf ride at the time selling surfboards and working in the shop and this guy came in who was australian he came to buy a board a snowboard and um, we got to talking back and forth. I told him I was going to Australia. 
And he goes, oh, you're going to Australia? What for? I said, oh, I'm going to compete in the QS. I do a bit of competing. He's like, hey, look at my friend Tim at Aloha Surf Shop in Australia. He's in, he's in Manly Beach. Huh. And he goes, if you took some Burton boards, he'd probably buy them from you. <laughs> yeah. Ahead of time. Yeah. So I contacted Tim, and I brought four Burtons or six Burtons from Surfride. I just said, hey, can you give me 30 days to pay for these? And so Bill and Richard said, sure. And I told them what I was doing. Went over there, and it was their summertime, and he didn't have a Burton account. He couldn't order Burtons because of some other shop around had that already taken. But he got the Burtons from me and paid me what I needed so I could get on tour. Yeah. And, awesome. and do Australia, the Australian leg. And he put them in the window, and he had them in the summertime before any of the other accounts even had them. Yes. And it was like, yeah, you want to buy that? And he would just sell for a, a bigger dollar amount. And did you keep doing that? I did it for three years. <laughs> That's genius, right? Yeah, there, yeah We used to meeting. do that, too, at Huntington Surf and Sport. It's yeah. called great marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and snowboarding was going through their heyday as yeah, well. Sure. And, I mean, it was snowboarding was huge. Everybody was on the on, in. So you worked at Surfride, Surfride. for a long time? A years. Couple years, yeah. that's awesome. And even when I didn't work there, I was still riding for the shop, and they still allowed me because they wanted to see me do good on the QS. Yeah. You know, Bill and Richard are amazing. Those, yeah. The Bernard family are they're incredible people. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was. I mean, for Jay made a lot more money at surfing than I did, but we still had to get creative on how we were going to get from here to there. Yeah. There yeah. Was, it was worked. an adventure, bro. Yeah. I worked in high school. You know. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm home. I'm going to school. Might as well work and make more money and save it for. Trips and travel and right. everything yeah. else. Yeah, and the earlier the pioneers of the pro tour, they shaped their own boards. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and and also was it Pete? I can't remember if it was PT or not, but he was saying like they would they would bring like Levi's or yeah, you know, a brand sure. to sell at that country because right. that country couldn't get it. Like like yeah, you said yeah. with Burton. Yeah, yeah. My first trip to Europe and. We we'd be on the beach and there'd just be people hanging out with like a paper and a price on their boards and like they're just selling like flea market style yeah. on, on the thing and I'm like, wait, that board's beat up and it's going for seven hundred and fifty US. Like that's like that's two crazy. or three times the amount of you know it was way more than a brand new board yeah. at, at home. Right. Yeah. And it was beat up and I'm like, wait, what? And then if you had Merrick's or yeah. there was a couple of brands that were I was like, wow, okay. So, yeah, I'd bring an extra board bag with like Hell four yeah. or five boards. You just boards. made sure you didn't go home with a lot of boards. Nope. Because you didn't get nothing for trade-ins at your local no. surf shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but it did help, you know, fuel the fire. But, yeah, yeah. The whole, that, there was no money. So your first surf trip out of the country was to surf in a WQS. Yep. Was nice. it uh, Newcastle? or Newcastle, which we ended up at Merriweather. We kind of did a little yeah. two spots there. Um, Manly was a championship tour event at the time, I think. I think. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't get to surf that event, but I surfed Manly a bunch. Where else? We went to Margaret's. Mm. I surfed Margaret River probably two or three years. Um, difficult wave to surf. Jeez, that wave's hard. Yeah, yeah. it's like the reverse sunset almost. Like, yeah. Yeah, but, but we were still right. going left at the time. Yeah. And we would only go right when it was smaller because it was clean. Yeah. Right. And um, where else did I surf? Um, I think it was there for a month and we did two or three events and then it was just like, okay, we were going to go after the biggest events and see if we could get a couple results. 
And the two best results, the Caton and Japan, they were small events. Yeah. But I was riding the right board. I felt like I probably could have went through heats with some bigger name guys because the Caton, like you said, it was stacked. it was pretty stacked. Yeah. For sure. And I was getting through heats because I felt like the equipment was right. Yeah, it was a great event because they had an individual component of like who, you know what guys on your team went farthest point wise, and then you had the the tag team relay, which was you know kind of broken down as another part of the event, which super fun. Sure, wish they'd bring it back. But yeah, now we got West Coast Board Riders, which is you know yeah. kind of a you know similar concept with the with the team event and sure you know are you uh are you on a team i don't have anybody in elisa Viejo that has enough game to compete against anybody in different yeah. cities like that so being in elisa yeah i've had people ask me to be a part of the team yeah but since i don't live in any of those counties kind of takes me out i mean you yeah. could be i think say clemeni because you're freaking yeah. well yeah but the so many guys that are my age fashion oh, yeah. yeah i mean you got Nate Yeomans. You got a lot of guys. I'm 49 years old. I yeah. just turned 49 December 5th. Happy and birthday. most people think, most people don't know how old I am. That's the number yeah. one question we get asked over here is how yeah. old are you? Yeah. So I don't but, answer that question anymore. Yeah, yeah. But but there's a lot of guys. You're way older than us over here. And I know that for sure. <laughs> there's just a lot of guys you look good, that, that compete. So do you. Thank you. Yeah. There's a lot the of guys that youth. compete. Yeah, that, yeah. That, they're stacked. That are stacked, you know, and they don't need another 49-year-old in that category. So one more year, then you'll go chase down a team. Because I, 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 essentially, it's open, you know, for, for inland cities, you know, because Costa Mesa has a lot of good surfers, and they could choose Huntington or Newport, oh, that's you know. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so, you you know, it is open if you choose to check it out. Sure, but, yeah. But if yeah, you're, if you're CC Bestloff, you can go for Ventura. Oh God, or Huntington, that guy. Newport. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember like getting a first mag shot or like an ad in a mag? Or? Yeah, I got an ad. I think I remember shooting with Rob Keith. He was shooting with Surfer Magazine a bunch and um, getting some closeout barrels at Pano, and then. Um, Rip but curl, rip sick curl. photos, but everybody's like, yeah. "Oh, how good was that spot away?" Yeah, like, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a <laughs> closeout. I got to travel in for a while, but yeah. it was a collaboration collab ad with Surf Ride and Rip Curl at the time. Cool. So yeah, Rob Keith shot that, and occasionally I'd get you know something ran in a magazine or something like that, and it was super fun. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you uh, go to Hawaii a lot too, or? Yeah, we, we'd go to Hawaii every year. Um, one time we all stayed in the same house. Yeah. It was at Love Odell's house, maybe? Uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah. Love was living with us. and um, S- uh, Simmons, Ryan was there. Ryan was there with Wyatt, us. White Wyatt was there, too. Wyatt was there part of the time. Deffenbaugh. Jeff. Yeah, I mean, all of us Huntington guys would just pile in. As, yeah. you know, at Love Odell's house? Yeah. No, it was uh, my friend Dan Bilak, who, oh, who yeah, was yeah, a Huntington. Yeah, he yeah. was going to school over there, so... He got a house and we just put bed, bunk beds, beds in every room and sleep out in the living room and what, yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. Just make it work. Yeah, Hawaii was Hawaii was something we did every year. It, to be honest with you, it wasn't my favorite. Um, it wasn't my favorite events to go. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed surfing the contest, but I didn't enjoy the free surfs. Yeah. To be honest with you. Very competitive. Very competitive. Had some pretty grumpy locals, to say the least. I yeah. mean. In the 90s, things were a little bit different than they are right now. I haven't been to Hawaii in a long time. But I'd be pretty grumpy, too, if a 1,000 guys on the QS were the coming, best, to, best of the world guys were coming to surf my waves for a good two months. Yeah. I'd be a little bit pissed off, too. For sure. So it just was an eggy time, you know. Yeah. I had more fun 
staying at Kalima and playing tennis than I did going surfing, to be honest with you. That's yeah. funny. And when did you and your, your brother Aaron decide to put, like, because uh, you were filming yourself and, like, you know, training and, you know, watching the footage and yeah. working on, on that in for yourself. But you guys were working on putting together surfing. movies. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we started working on my surfing, my brother and I. He yeah. got a Canon L1. I remember the camera. And, and he's always been into photography. People ask me all this time, why is, doesn't Aaron surf more? Well, the bottom line is Aaron's been doing photography classes since he was probably 13 years old. Mm. So he's got a passion for photography and that yeah. he would rather be catching and capturing the moment than surfing. But he's Aaron's a water guy. He loves yeah. it too. Yeah. So I think... Um, Works out for you. Yeah, it's a great combination, <laughs> you know, for, for what we do and it always has been. But I think we were working on surfing for me to get on, on tour, working with Mike Lambrizi and videoing Taylor Knox. Todd Prestige a lot and oh, yeah, Todd. Um, and and it was more or less just like me being around those guys and watching those clips every day and studying it made me a better surfer. And since Aaron was always shooting, we would always get text like phone calls or stuff and appointments with Randazzo and um, Taylor Knox and Todd Prestige, and then we like started putting these little videos together. And Taylor Steele with the momentum um, generation was. It was booming. Yeah. And we were making our movies, but Taylor Stills were still my favorite because yeah. he had all my favorite guys in them. Yeah. What was uh, yeah. your production company? Did you have a company? No, we, we did a, we did our own surf videos. We did um, High Volume, and then we did one called Wanted. And I bought it, those at Huntington Surf. Yeah, yeah. Those were our yeah. videos, and each surfer that I liked had their own segments. It kind of had a Taylor Steele vibe to it. Yeah. And um, it was fun, man. I, I really learned a lot watching these guys surf. And I felt like that's how I kind of fine-tuned my style for what I like on myself. Yeah. And it was just shooting every day. Yeah. You know, we're shooting four or five days a week. And then I was doing all the editing. So I'd get into an editing bay and I'd tell the guy, no, I don't like that. That There's a bog right there. We want to take that out. And we would do editing. And yeah, and, uh, yeah it, was, it was a lot of work, but it was super fun. And I've always had kind of a passion for editing and music and yeah. that kind of stuff. And uh, Chris DeVoe kind of took us under his wing and got us some music with like Bad Religion or Unwritten Law or Offspring, Pennywise. And he kind of had that connection to get us music for our videos. Yeah. It was super fun, but then the music, I mean, the video market got so saturated with everybody making them yeah. that we did our third one and we never even launched it. Damn. We edited it and everything. Wow. So high volume and wanted. Wanted, and then the third one, I forget what we called it, but I had the master done and we never mastered it and sold it. Was there a commitment on like getting it like profitable, like you had to make certain amount of copies from the, I don't the think, supplier? I don't think we did the ROI on that. I think it was more or less the window got shorter and shorter for that video to be um, desirable. Yeah. yeah. And so we just said, it's got like a two-month window, and we're going to put all this work into doing all these video, um, you know, where you do the release, and then it's at a YMCA, you fill it up, the bands come play. There was yeah. so many moving parts, and it was a lot of work. Yeah. So did for, you guys do that? Have a yeah, we a, did that. Premieres. premieres. Yeah, we did video premieres Sick. and stuff. It was super fun. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. We learned a lot from just watching Taylor Steele. Yeah. Really. Right. So 
I, I that was when I was at Huntington Surf and Sport, and you know, watching the business aspect of it, you know, grow. Sure. Um, seeing the ordering and seeing the board sales, and then you know, the industry was healthy. Yeah. And Taylor Steel, like it was like the perfect storm of like what things can do well, right? Right. And surf videos at that time, I mean, I remember, because I did all the buying for a bunch of years. Right. Not all the buying, but surfboards and video and accessories. And I remember, you know, the first time uh, I started buying the, the poor specimen stuff, you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, we'll get a half dozen. Oh, oh, we need a dozen. Oh, shit, we need two dozen. Yeah. You know, to where we were buying almost a thousand videos that's crazy you know yeah and i remember that's one shop yeah i mean you remember me telling you you need to start talking to these guys and getting those videos it was a very tough click because i i surfed with all those guys malloy and browning and Mm -hmm. but you remember i was saying you gotta break into this you got a couple clips every now and then, mm-hmm. you? Yeah. yeah. He, he yeah. was, yeah. He, yeah, Jay, yeah, Jay was. He had his own parts. Influ- he was influential yeah. in a lot of his own ways back in the day, for sure. But yeah. what was what was smart about him is, you know, he he played in different camps. Right. You yeah. know, like, because, like, I, my, my point of the story was, like, I bought those videos. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember who we got. Surf Video Network, maybe. I can't remember. I called all the shops myself. We had a list, and I okay, would Okay, so then I probably yeah. dealt with you. Yep, yep. Yeah, because I remember selling a grip of those too. Right. You know. Yeah. And I remember at Christmas time when videos, you know, came up and we're just like, boom, voluptuous, you yeah. know, snapping turtle, the kill, the kill, kill too. I mean, all those videos. Josh Palmer, Josh and, Palmer, all that stuff was super popular. Right? Yeah. I remember the Japanese and yeah. and all the Japanese guy that was making yeah. a what now or what oh, yeah, if yeah. and yeah, what yeah. next? Yeah. What, what next? next? What was yeah. that guy's name? Um, God, I did a couple trips with him too. Yeah. Um, I heard he passed away though. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure uh, but those were sick videos too yeah there was a lot of great videos coming out and then the rip curl search videos were always ridiculous because Tom Frankie Oberhauser Oberhauser whatever those guys were ripping so hard man yeah and that I mean like you said the the industry was booming video cameras became actually you know compact where you you know they're easy to travel easy to maneuver they weren't that expensive and if you just put some clips together, some music, you're going to sell a few, you yeah. know, and if you did a really good job, you're going to sell a lot. So there yeah. was room for, sure. you know, people to, yeah. you know, get after that, uh, and, that market. And you did premieres with your two videos. Yeah. I don't think we did a premiere with, um, high volume, but we did one with wanted at like a YMCA in San Diego. That's it was so like awesome. a skate, there was a skate park there. The bands came and played. It was super fun. Yeah. I remember my clip coming up, and I was so embarrassed just to watch it. It's just so weird to be in that kind of environment. Yeah. And it's like you're there, and you're just hoping that everybody thinks you don't serve like a kook, you know? But, yeah, yeah it was it was fun. Yeah. There's just certain things that I would have probably been okay editing that video and, and creating that video and, and being stoked to watch everybody else surfing it. Yeah. But it was really hard to be there that myself and feel like I'm surfing with some of my favorite all-time favorite surfers. Yeah. And to have a part of your own right after theirs, yeah, it was like, who is Noel Salas anyway? Yeah. <laughs> just being honest, that's what goes through your no, head. No, totally. You know? And it was just a hard thing, you know? It's like going up to speak in front of people, right? It's like, 
oh shit, I gotta go after that guy. Right, right. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you don't wanna. I mean, it, it was kind of a, a way of self promoting in a way, but also making enough money to, to, to continue on your passion of traveling and getting to these events and stuff. Sure. So, you know, now it's okay to do all that, which people do every day on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and everything else yeah, that, right. you know, they're, they're, you know, promoting themselves, right. you know, which so, that's how they're making money. Yeah. So, Same. five year run. On, on the pro tour, then what would would you get into? I left surfing altogether kind of grumpy. I was a little bit bitter, to be honest with you, because I never really made any money doing it. Yeah. So I, I did you go to school or no? College? I just started playing golf. I just turned my affection towards golf because now I wasn't being judged by anybody. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm it's still an individual sport. It's me against the golf course. And um, I fell in love with golf, and I started playing a ton. I got a job at Encinitas Ranch, worked there, and then I went to Aviara, which is a Four Seasons. It was Four Seasons at the time, and it was like 250 bucks a round. Yeah. So it was semi-private because not too many people would afford to play a place like that and pay that kind of money. And I got really pretty darn good at golf, you know, where I think I got to the point where I said, I think I want to be an instructor and do this for a living because Kit Putterball had a school, a golf school there, and all those guys were making bank. And I thought, I'm part of Four Seasons. I've been there for a couple of years. If I pass my player's achievement test, I can get my PGA card and teach and be an instructor, make 60, 80 bucks an hour. And it was an insane facility. What a trip. And so I just went hard after that. And I kind of got on the, the, um, the player's achievement test is like, it's two rounds of golf in one day, and you have to shoot a targeted number. And that targeted number on the one I passed, they had to shoot like 75-74 with no break. So you play 36 holes, let's say par 72. I couldn't shoot more than 75-74 combined. Dang. And they say less people pass the player's achievement test than they pass the bar. Dang. <laughs> it was super and you passed intense. It? And I passed it. The wow. is probably... Yeah. It, is it a one time or do they say come back in a year? Like it, you could you could take as many you times. could take it as many times as you had to pass it, and then you can go into PGA school and get your books and learn about golf, like making clubs, lie loft. So you can actually teach with intelligence. Yeah. But right. they wouldn't even let you into school without passing the test. Jeez. That meant that you were at least a pretty decent player. Yeah. And Aaron was my caddy. Yeah. And we got on the PAT Aaron, tour. That's the tour I went to next. Trying your, to pass your brother? Thing. Yeah, my brother Aaron okay. was caddying for me. And um, I hit like a... <laughs> so hold on. So you quit surfing because you, you got bitter against it because you weren't making money and you put a lot of passion Time and effort, effort and passion, yeah. yeah. And it was just it was just a tough leave, you know? And you went and, to an even another really hard sport. But how long, how long were you golfing before? Um, I was probably golfing for a couple years. Okay. Like two years, like trying to play when I go surf in the morning and then go hit balls. Go play nine holes, go surf in the afternoon, and then yeah. in the summertime, go surf at night. So I was still, it gave me the opportunity to introduce me to a new sport. Yeah. And then I just got so hooked on golf. And then I was like, well, I can't afford, if I'm going to quit, I can't afford to work and go play these courses. Yeah. So I started working at these courses. Did, did you have any thoughts or aspirations of working in the industry? Like, I just knew I didn't want to be in surfing anymore. Uh-huh. Right, because I just felt like the surf industry was such a tough niche to cr- 
to crack. Yeah. And everybody just holds you down till you can't breathe anymore. You drowned, and then you're dead. Yeah. That's. It's funny you say that because I feel like you had a lot of opportunity, and and no disrespect at all, but you, out of most people, probably had a better network and in into transitioning into an industry job. You worked at one of the best surf shops in the sure. world. You're a pro surfer. Right. You're making videos. Right. I mean, yeah, you're, how you're, much more of your a... Your resume was right. there. Your personality yeah. is there. Your ability is there. But like, you, you just, didn't want to like marketing right. or, or like... Well, I think, what, I think what happened is somebody talked to me about a marketing job at one of the companies. Mm. And if I had taken on the marketing and worked with the team, I would have to become everything I hated. Uh, and I couldn't do that. Like the integrity inside myself yeah. would be taking a guy like Jay Larson who absolutely rips is the Huntington Beach evidence. guy. And I'm going to have to be like, Hey Jay, you're not the next Kelly Slater. I have a little bit of a budget for you. We're going to pay you 250 bucks a month. Yeah. And my job is to get him for the least amount of money possible and yeah. make my budget stretch. Yeah. I wanted nothing to do with it. Got yeah. it. It was disgusting for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of went and did something different so I could kind of let go yeah. of just the grudge I was holding against yeah. maybe or, maybe the surf industry or even myself for that yeah. matter. Or you know, wait, I mean, we're going to pay this guy how much? And he's, I surf circles around this guy and you're yeah. going to pay him because right. he, he's supposed to mount up to somebody. You know, like it's a tough... It's an interesting road you yeah. took. Right. Right? Because like, like I said, what you had is like a, you, you were at a stepping point to to make it you could have easily worked in our industry sure right which you i'm, I'm glad you did it because you're creating a better life for yourself the way you want to right, right? and it wouldn't have happened if you would have you know sure. tried back then but it's so funny and, and interesting that that you were you know pissed at the industry and you 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 became a a golf guy right you know what I mean? It's yeah. so weird because and, and the golf industry was great yeah. to me. I mean, I yeah. married my wife. We, we I bought my first home. I was working at Four Seasons, probably making sixty grand a year. Yeah, washing clubs. <laughs> I'm scrubbing sick. clubs as they come off. <laughs> I even came up with my own name. I was a groove technician. <laughs> that is epic. And, and you know, it was just, it was just, I was just so in love with golf. And then you met pe great people, people from the industry, like Callaway's there, Titleist, all the biggest golf manufacturers are in the Mecca as Carlsbad. Yeah, that's a trip. And so I got to meet all the, a lot of great people that worked in the industry. I met uh, Scotty Cameron, who became a great friend of mine, who's the best putter manufacturer in the world. And um, met great people. Yeah. And so it's probably refreshing and cool, and you yeah. know, you get you know the respect and the, you know the the you know the support. You know, like hey, you're putting in hard work, you're hustling, like they give yeah. you opportunity. And right. sometimes you weren't getting that on the surf side. You know, you do all the hustling, you're you're obviously doing well, but then it's like, what next? Who's next? You know, like it's right. an ever changing you know right. mission to stay on top. But golf is so such a weird yeah. um, industry, you know, sport industry yeah. it's 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 so elite right and yeah. what's crazy is you have to be really good yeah. at golf to make a name for yourself sure. for a living you yeah. know what i mean yeah like there's a score and you know yeah there's a, there's I mean, a course and there's a score yeah that's harder that's way harder than surfing yeah. right because you don't have to think about stuff 
in surfing, really, right. you know? Yeah. I mean, the best surfers do, right. but in golf, you have to really be in tune with your whole sure. freaking thing. Yeah. Your mind and your body have to be, you know, aligned. Right. I, I think there's the hardest... a, lot, a lot more similarities between the two sports than, than I think. Your... I think that most people think I, – I got in arguments with other um, excellent golfers that they would argue that golf is the hardest sport in the world. <laughs> and I would say, I think you're wrong. I'm yeah. dealing with tides, and my canvas is moving, and yours isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Water's like it's, – it's, it's liquid. It's moving, and, and we've got wind. We've got – and golfers have lies – and you know, downhill, uphill, they have yeah. wind. They have different variables, too, but the ball's not moving. Yeah. And you can hit that shot over and over and over again on a golf course if you want to work on a downhill lie into the wind. All you have to do is go put a ball there and hit that shot 20 times, and you'll have an idea yeah. when you're as good as the pros are what that ball's going to do yeah. and how to manipulate it. But yeah. that discipline or, or, like, body and mind control – that's what really sets the best golfers apart. Sure. That body and mind control. That, right. Because, I mean, you know, like you said, you could hit it 20 times right. and hit it one time perfect, right? Right. And to get that one time perfect, you know. Right. But those guys are so good, they're not looking for a perfect because they can get it up and in for a par. Yeah. So they just don't want to get up and in for a bogey. My point is, is golf has a place of repetition and surfing doesn't. Yeah, we don't have true. repetition. We have the pools now, yeah. and now we're seeing these kids doing airs and doing all this awesome radical stuff that we didn't have the luxury of that uh -huh. back in the 90s. Yeah. So repetition was just getting out there, but it was pretty rare to get the same section two times in one day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're Super like, man, rare. I could yeah. probably nail a lot of these airs if that section kept coming at me. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. and that was that was my point. I had that cushy landing. Yeah. Or I had that, like, you know, right wind and coming, you know. Right. For How sure. funny. So you're, you become a, a golf guy. Yeah, so I went into golf and then. A groove technician. Yeah, I was grooving some, some, some um, golf clubs and got married and we started a family and then. Um, we started a hair care company with what? Yeah, with shampoos, conditioners. My parents are still hairdressers. Yeah. In in the in the grand scheme of things. And my dad started doing hair again and he had these formulas and he's like, Hey, I think I have something. Let's do the Long Beach hair show. So we did the hair show and we put this hairspray liquid in a clear bottle and before you know it, everybody wanted to buy the hairspray. Because they could see it. Because they could see it perform. Yeah. They could see it perform. He could stand the hair up, comb it out, style it with a curling iron, brush it out, put a flat iron on. It would just change the texture over and over and over again. And you can't do that with any other sprays in the world even today. What's the yeah. company called? It's called White Sands. Most people don't know it. I never talk about it because I ain't got no hair. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like the laughing thing when people ask me what I do. I kind of duck. I'm like, yeah, we do hair care product, you know. No so your, your dad came up with this? My dad had the formulas, but we started the company together back in 2000. So we're 21 years deep into this. Wow. And um, yeah, just selling it to salons, doing trade shows, and, and, and trying to get the name to grow. And that in the process of doing that, I started to surf a little bit again. So did you quit surfing? I quit surfing. For how long? Gosh, it must have been... I want to say maybe eight to ten years. Shut what? the front door. That long. Yeah. Not didn't even surf. 
Not even one time. You were wow. pissed at surfing. Eight, eight to ten years. Well, I was just in love with golf. Yeah, I, I, another, yeah, another what habit. Happens, yeah, what happens, I don't understand Well, that. what happens when, when, you, when, you, when you stop surfing, and surfing takes so much time every day, is that now when I went into golf, and it's four to five hours a round, plus practice, my wife's only going to put up with so much of that stuff. I can't yeah. go golf, then surf, because then there's no reason to even have a family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was either or for me. And I was so in love with golf, and golf was going so well. And then the hair care company, I passed the players' achievement test. So I was about to sign up for my PGA card and start going to school and pursue that. That the hair care company blew up, and I was like, well, I guess I'm working with the family. And I kind of just bailed on that and bailed on golf and started doing this. All the while, still playing golf. Yeah. But then every now and then. You I quit for eight years? Yeah, probably eight, ten years. That is nuts. I that is brand, crazy. I had new boards in the garage that had never been waxed for probably four or five years. Lennon hasn't gone eight or ten <laughs> days without surfing. Even injured the guy who still won't take a break in his entire life. Come I, on, when's the last time you took ten days off? I don't think I ever have. And I, I don't know. I don't think I have. Yeah. No, you haven't. I'll surf crappy waves, too. Sure. Like, well, that is that. so crazy. Yeah, eight, ten years. So... Coming back into surfing, I was so lost on equipment. Yeah. I was completely lost. When we when I stopped surfing, FCS had to come out with the two-tab and the plastic fins. Yep. That had just started. We were traveling. They were crap. Crap. Because they were flexing like crazy. But we put up with it as pros because traveling with glass-ons was even worse. Yeah. Yeah. You busted fin boxes. You know, it was a nightmare. So I got, I picked up a few boards here and there with fins on the road, you know, or with, with the plugs on the road here and there. But all my boards I brought were glass ons, and it was a bitch to travel with. Yeah. Linden knows all foam blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Foam blocks or, or the balls <sighs> that you would blocks. just shove in between. You yeah. buy those bouncy balls. Yeah. And we would just tape them around the fins, and you could drop them, and they wouldn't hit the fins. So we yeah. had different things. But when I came back, Futures and FCS, they were they had different constructions. They had different materials. They had yeah. I didn't know what to, I I tried when I came back. I tried to get a six O CI off the rack at Irvine Spectrum. It was the first board <laughs> I bought. I didn't even know about volume. It had some. It had volume Irvine on, Spectrum on the, on the string. Oh yeah, I was the guy that walked through the Spectrum, bought a board, and walked back to my car in front of all these people. I, like felt like such a kook. <laughs> What, what, what shop? shop was there? Yeah. Oh gosh, I think it was a rip curl shop. Oh my gosh, I think it was a rip curl shop. And and you didn't want to go down to the coast to like you just. You know, I could have went to Surfride. I could have went to Huntington or Jacks. Irvine was the closest. Yeah, I just went to the closest place. So wait, when you finally decided to go surfing again, you you bought a brand new board. I brought a brand new CI. The, and you're looking for a board that you stopped surfing on, which was a decade earlier, and it was like, where's my little 6-0? 6-0, 18 and a quarter, board, yeah. and an eight. And I think it was a OG, or it was a flyer, okay. is what I bought off the rack. And um, Great model. Yeah, great, great model. Yeah, I, I think the volume, the volume, I was probably, you're going to laugh, I was probably 195 pounds at the time. And I would imagine the volume was probably 27 liters. So it was, I was totally backwards here. Yeah. And so I caught a couple fun waves on it, started to get my groove going, you know, the timing and everything starts to come back. And then it was just such a struggle and bad waves. So I started buying used boards on Craigslist and I started to learn about volume 
and I was trying to dial in my volume and my weight was dropping because I was surfing all the yeah, time. Yeah. So I went from 195. You want rip golf and all that? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So I went from 195 in weight down to like 170. And I had dialed in volume by buying and selling, trading and selling on Craigslist. Boards. Boards. And that's how I finally figured out what my volume was that I liked. It took me probably, I'd say, a good year and a half. Wow. I still don't know about volume. <laughs> I always tell to get more. Yeah. It was, yeah. You need more volume. I like volume. Yeah. But I, this is such a funny, funny, funny story that you you quit surfing for that it's long. It's so untraditional, you, like, your path of, like, you know. Yeah. Hating surfing, quitting the golf. I mean, a lot of people balance careers and they kind of switch up or sure, sure. jump from a brand to another brand. You know, like you're talking about. So what? You're quitting for a decade. A, a decade. Yeah. That's a freaking long time. Yeah. So going back to your White Sands. Yeah. Uh, what 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 were you doing for the company? So I kind of ended up being the CFO by default. So I never went to college. We had an accountant. He got a new job. And I was left holding the bag with QuickBooks. I didn't know anything about accounting. I didn't know anything how to do that. I was more or less in trade shows, helping with marketing, making sure we have the right models for the hairdressers, blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of more or less helping my brother coordinate all that stuff. And we were going from show to show to show. And we were busy. So yeah. it's your bro- you and your brother and your parents? My parents. And we brought my uncle in 2008. Wow. So uncle Derek? No, my Uncle Don. <coughs> <laughs> and he's, he'd done a bunch of startups in the tech world. So he was already retired, semi-retired and very wealthy. And he came and we really needed his help yeah. Yeah. to put structure. And, and he's been great ever since. But yeah, we that's what I used to do there. And then I had to get into the accounting side because our accountant left. And then I kind of became the CFO, which to this day, I probably still don't know what I'm doing very well. You know, because I, I that's not who I am. Yeah. But um, when you're a small business owner, you just wear a lot of hats and you yeah. do whatever you need to do. Yeah. So we hired an accountant. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the business is doing well. I would say it's stable. You know, yeah. to say that COVID didn't have an effect on us would be a lie. I yeah. mean, they closed salons down. Yeah. Six feet. I mean, hairdressers are touching people. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, any kind of massage or hairdressing or nails or any kind of beauty where you're actually touching people we were the last to come back open so brutal so it was brutal on us it was brutal on us but with that fast forward and working on surfing show and doing surfboard reviews i was in the background trying to figure out how to monetize this might be a little bit too far ahead but covid and us being locked up is when we launched our surf better tutorials Cool. Say it again. You lost so, what? So COVID, we got locked down. You couldn't surf. Yeah. The beaches were closed. And I was already working on working on how to surf better tutorials to give it, introduce it to our YouTube channel, our community. And with not being able to surf for a month, I had good focus. Yeah. So <laughs> let's go back before we go into that. So Yeah. So the whole doing your tutorials or just videoing you went back to videoing your sec- like yourself like how did you get back oh, that's into- a great question so i saw chris grove doing the shred show yeah and i was he's buying- like one of the original guys yeah yeah i yeah. think he pioneered it for the most part yeah. i mean that, those people have done board reviews in the past for sure surf shops and stuff but i felt like chris did a good job and kind of took it to another level with like what makes a board tick yeah and he kind of dive into you know the board attributes a little bit 
And um, I watched a couple of them, and I thought, man, this guy's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, but why doesn't he go surfing? He never goes surfing? He never would go surf on the board. Mm-hmm. So I watched a couple, and I was buying a board on Craigslist. And what, what year was this? Oh, gosh. This was probably 2014. Okay. Yeah, probably 2014. So your business started, White Sands started in 2000, yep. and you quit the golf industry. Yep. To focus on that family business. Yeah. And when did you start surfing again? We started, I probably started surfing in like 2012. Fudge. That is so crazy. Okay. 2012, I'm just surfing on my own, trying to work this stuff out. Yeah. Know, trying to get back in the water and have fun. Yeah. And then. And how'd you find the shred show? Um, I don't know. I was probably just looking on YouTube, uh, trying to look up a board. And, and learn a little bit about um, surfboards that I wanted to buy. Because you start running into them, and they had a name now. So you could type in the name and learn yeah. about that. And, and that's how I found Chris, his show, Shred Show. And then I was buying boards on Craigslist, and I had to go down to Carlsbad to pick up this board, and I met the guy in the parking lot, and it was Chris Bro. No. <laughs> yeah. You bought a board from Chris Bro. I'm like, hey, you're, are you Shred Show? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, your show's pretty sick, bro. Yeah, and so we're talking back and forth. This is 2014. Yeah, after two years of getting back in, you're still flipping yeah. boards on yeah. Craigslist. 2014, and, you, and you I watched a, a show, from Chris. and I bought a board from Chris, and I'm thinking, you know what? I think we could, there's a niche here. We could do something like what Chris is doing, but we could actually go surfing on the board and show the board and demonstrate the board and how it works, yeah. and kind of take it to a whole nother level. What and you felt, it? and you felt like, hey, my my ability's back. You already know how to do the editing. You've already put that time right. in on the how to. Put together yeah. edits. Yep. So from our, from our past, from your past, videos. making surf videos. Yep. So it's like so you call your brother and you go, so like, I told hey. my brother, I said, hey, I have an idea. I got a niche. I, I explained it to him. I said I can get a, a board from the Blem Room at CI or grab a board off the Craigslist, and we got to get one that's really, really popular right now. That's got a big name, something that's kind of easy to ride. I, I think we should try and do this. And he's like, well, let's give it a go. That's so epic. How funny. And that's how, how funny is it that you bought a board off Craigslist and Chris Grow is the guy selling you the board? Right. <laughs> it was pretty, it was super random. And then I thought, you know, to Aaron, I said, look how long it took me to get my stuff worked out. And I know quite a bit about how to surf. Yeah. If we were yeah. a beginner intermediate, oh my God, it would take forever. Yeah. And were you automatically thinking like, you know, hey, we could create this wildly successful like show or just this, this have fun and see where it goes. Like, what was your ambitions? Like, what was... Good question. So, if I'm being totally honest here, yeah. I was getting pretty pissed that I had to pay for boards. So, you're like, hey, we could do the show and get a bunch of free boards. And that's why I love it because yeah. that stuff is expensive and here you are, you know, you were once were pro getting stuff and now you're flipping boards and you're like, well, even if we get a board and maybe the, the, the shaper gives us a good deal or whatever, right. we could flip right. it and pay because for it. Because you so. couldn't find board. You can't get a discount on any boards from anybody. It's no. always been that way. Yeah. Because right? their margins are Because so their margins tight. are horrible. Yeah. That's, you know? hey, by the way, that's why we do the show, all the yeah. freebies. Look at all this stuff that we gave <laughs> yeah. you. Like, we're styled, bro. We're still stoked. <laughs> we won't go into it yet, but when I'm talking to somebody that I'm trying to buy something, I say, they, they, they ask me what my price range is, and I say, I can afford free. Yeah. <laughs> You needed that stuff. Right? Yeah. I can afford free. Yeah. Okay. I'll okay. take it. Free. <laughs> so, you, so, so I, I, I thought to my brother, I said, look, I, 
if we do get enough job with the show, and ideally it's to help people. For sure. Because when you put something on and YouTube... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you put something on YouTube, I always knew that it would consume me with questions. Yeah. And if we don't answer the questions, then we're really not doing anybody any favors. Yeah. yeah. You gotta you you gotta be putting out two thousand good content. Two thousand fifteen of July, I think we launched the first board review. Okay. Right? So yeah. at first were you just like creating a clip and putting it on or did yeah. you like did you I actually did a review of the I believe the first board was the Bunny Chow by Channel Islands. And I bought that board. I paid for it. And then I bought um, a high five. Yeah, I drove to Beverly Hills to pick up a board in on the high five. So, um, so your first video was the bunny chow. Yep. Now, was it called Surf and, and Show? It was called Surf Show and Tell. Surf Show and Tell. Something like that. Yeah. And and your was your brother involved? He yeah, he was videoing every day. Okay. We would get up and go every morning. And how long was that first video? Gosh. I don't remember how long it was. I look at it now. I just watched it the other day, and it's pretty embarrassing because it's so rough. Yeah. yeah. And I was super nervous. I never sweat, dude. I'll have to run for a mile to sweat. <laughs> I was, like, sweating profusely because you're putting yourself out there to be critiqued. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're but surfing you as a not, person, yeah. like, communicator. A, you're, you're, you're throwing out a lot of your yourself, and you want... You want it to be wild, you know. Well, you like, want it to be successful, but you don't want to get. He's rigged. done it before, right. though. Yeah, yeah, in, in a in a more kind of a professional way. You made freaking surf videos, high. Yeah. yeah, but you didn't have to talk. All you had to do was go surfing. Oh yeah, yeah. and I was at the, I was I was at the peak at that time. I felt confident about my skill level to be considered a, a, a pro. Yeah. So wanted <laughs> premiere with bands and, and and promoting the movie or your first. Uh, Surf, surf and show yeah. and tell. So, so surf. <laughs> That's so hard. I would know. I still can't choose. If I had to choose one or the other, they're both embarrassing. So you you put that out there, right? Um, what was the viewership like? How many views did you get? I was surprised. It actually did real well, and I, my focus was the tag word was on the surfboard. Yeah. Because we're spending eight hundred dollars, seven eight hundred dollars on a board, and with a board having a name. If that name's in the tagline, people are savvy enough with YouTube that you go to YouTube for help. Yes. That's what YouTube's designed. Right. It's designed to help you either instructions how to do something yeah. or before you buy, you look for a review before you buy a car, before you buy an electric bike or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It became the thing that you look to before you made a big purchase. Yeah. And I had I had, I had that concept already. That's so funny. And uh, did... Channel Islands reach out to you, or did they get feedback on like good question? Yeah, so I You're telling them good questions. So hey, I, I'm very interested <laughs> asking like you know the, the next step, the next move. Yeah. So I I was buying another board and it was a wizard sleeve or something that oh, Kelly oh, did, and I had yeah. never seen one before. Yeah, Wyatt. Oh, that was Wyatt's go-to board. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I had never seen one before, we, and and I didn't even know that you could order one. And so somebody was selling one at roughly the volume that I wanted in Channel Islands, up in Santa Barbara. And it was some random person. So I said, hey, do you still have that wizard sleeve, blah, blah, blah. And they said, yeah. I said, when can I schedule a pickup? Where can we meet? And I left here at like 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning to meet this person to go pick up the board. And we met in the Rincon parking lot in the upper level. And it turns out it was Heather 
that used to work. She was the team manager at CI. I remember Heather. And she was my manager when I rode for CI. How funny. And she, I'm like, Heather? And she's like, no. And we're like back and forth. So she gave me a good deal on the board. I'm like, hey, do you know anybody at CI that I could go in? Don't they have like a blem room or something? She goes, well, Scott Anderson's still there. I'm like, oh, Scott was the team manager yeah. when you left. She made a phone call. I went over there and I got to shop the blem room, talk to Scott. And then Scott started giving me blem room uh, port, uh, pricing on brand new boards, and I started doing board reviews, grabbing those boards How and funny. paying for those. Awesome. And then I started saying, hey, I need another one size level lower on the volume on the pod mod. I had a 5.4. Do you have a 5.2 in stock? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, can you send that down? And he's like, yeah, but you got to send it back after the review. I'm like, okay. So he sends the board down. Yeah. I do the review. He loved the review. I told him I messed up the board pretty good. Yeah. But I can send you the 5.4. He's like, you know what? Just keep it. Let's get you another one. Yes. Let's now get you, you another board. Program. Let's get you on Because now he's board. on the YouTube and he's <laughs> yeah. like, he gets it. He's like, wow. He's answering is... all the, he's listening, so, yeah. watching all the questions. I'm answering all the questions and I'm doing a good job. And he's like, dude, you're really doing a good job here. That's so freaking sick. And that's kind of how it started to go. Yeah. So your first one, the bunny chow. How many views did it get? Gosh, that's a good question. I don't remember what it got in the Hear first that? week or two. It was probably like a thousand. Wow. Or a couple thousand views. And I was like, wow, this is great. This is, for me, that was good. I didn't really have an expectation is that, but if I put it out there, how many people would watch it? Yeah. yeah. And so it kind of started to grow. And then they did the next one. And then that one started to get a lot of numbers. And I, then I started to notice that high-performance shortboards didn't get that many numbers. It was the fun boards. Yeah. Any kind of hybrid nose, any kind of easier to surfboard. Because everybody knows, you know, typically what, you know, hey, I know what a standard, you know, shortboard, you know, is going to work. And, and the market was blowing up with all these hybrids. Yeah. And yeah. all these changes. And to drop seven, 800 bucks on something that you don't know if it's going to work or you yeah. need to get, get sold on, like, right. going and dropping the money... Well, like, that's smart to go after the, that that angle of boards. Yeah. It's funny because what you're doing, right, you're hitting that market at the right time. Right. Because YouTube was kind of new still. Sure. And you knew that that was the go-to place to learn about things, right? Yeah. And because you, you did it yourself. You saw Shred right. Show. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I can make a, a cooler version of my ver your version of sure. it. And... The Craigslist thing is funny because, you know, we have a, a friend, Maddie. That's all he ever did, you know, was freaking buy boards off Craigslist. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, sells boards, buys boards. And I trip. It's like, you're buying boards from... And he's got too many boards, you know? Yeah. But there's so many guys like him yeah. out there. It's addicting, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And it, it, people have problems. Like our, our buddy Maddie, it's yeah. like... I don't care. I'll just go sell it, or if I lose yeah. some money, or whatever. I'll just gonna, you know, like he's just frothing because, right. you know, like what board's gonna, you know, get me faster? What board's gonna like let, make me do a turn? You know, the turn I want. You know, like yeah. it's just, it's and we're, we're perfectionists. You know, like yeah. you want to improve, and you get a trial that stuff basically for free. Yeah, yeah. Because you buy the board for four hundred, four fifty. You ride it a couple of times and you sell it back for 400 450 and you really didn't lose anything, yeah. but you know a little bit more about that board and what you like and you didn't like about yeah. it. And you, you're starting to have fun producing these videos. Oh, yeah. What, was there a learning curve on, on, on what 
like how to format it for YouTube or was it pretty self like, you know, like, hey, we're just we're going to talk about the board. We're going to show certain like, you know, did your formula change? It did. I think the first one, the bunny child, there was no surfing in the beginning. It was all at the end. So nobody even knew if I could surf. Yeah. And I felt like we changed the surfing in the beginning, kind of giving you like an intro of it's always about the board. Yeah. So we want to see how the board looks and then the music gets you excited. It makes you want to go surfing. It makes you want to buy a surfboard. That's what it does to me when I see guys ripping on a board. Yeah. And and I'm like, man, that board looks so good under their feet. Yeah. And so we started putting the surfing in the front. And then I got it got so boring to watch myself talk in the first episode with no surfing. I'm thinking there's got to be surfing over the talking because just the talking's a little bit monotonous. Yeah. And so then when I described how it felt underfoot, I would like try and pick a wave that would match the description of what I'm trying to articulate. Yeah. yeah. And it just got stronger and stronger and stronger where people were like, yeah, this is, this is yeah. legit. Like this is what we want to see. So when did you uh, like decide on the name Surf and Show? Um, I think I just got tired of the big long name. Yeah. And Scott Anderson actually on the, on the conversation, he's like, what do you think about like Surf and Show? I'm like done. Yeah. I'm like yeah. I'm I'm I would love to cut this shorter, and then we came up with a logo and that kind of stuff, and then we've just kind of been surf. We go surfing and we show. So it's like we surf and show the product performing. Yeah. And, the, and we talk about the attributes and what makes this board tick. Yeah. And it just made good sense to me. And the That's name. so funny. Yeah. Um, and the technology is like you know we're, we we brushed upon like fin you know fin boxes sure, and stuff, sure. but. You know, now, you know, you're coming back into, you know, EPS foam versus poly versus, you know, carbon wrap versus no stringer versus, you know, yeah. parabolic, you know, like dark arts. There's so it's many like, like stuff going on. Yeah. Variables that all have their own little subtleties, you know, but, you know, what, you know, you, how do you choose a model just based on now do the, do the shapers come after you? Like, hey, we you, can you do a board review? Like, you know, what's right. it? So I feel like what, what I've always tried to do, and when we started the show, is get a, a big brand name and grab one of their boards because that is going to help most surfers around the whole world because YouTube is that kind of platform. For sure. So any surfer in Europe might have the opportunity to grab a board by CI, DHD, any of the top brands, Pizel, and be like, I watched this review and I want this board. As opposed to going with um, like a mid-size shaper, Tim Stamps, yeah, excellent shaper. But if we do a, a review on Tim's boards, it's really a regional. Yeah. We're helping out a region yeah. uh, or a community of people in basically the United States, but even getting into a smaller region is Southern California. Southern California. And it helps Tim yeah. brand awareness. Um, talk about a board model. Yeah. And um, I enjoy surfing. I've only reviewed one of his boards, and it was excellent, the Habanero. Yeah. And that kind of, it doesn't get as many views, and I'm doing the same amount of work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not helping people around the world. Yeah. And the way I see it now, the way I see things now is I really don't have a lot of desire to review a high-performer shortboard. Because... I feel like it's talking to a, a smaller niche of people mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of work to get that thing going. Yeah. And there's other boards out there that I think are pretty user friendly. It's 
Well, yeah. you, you got to look at too. The waves aren't always firing for high performance, and you know, just going back to how we grew up on boards versus what we should have been riding right. is now like these these hybrids or these you know these spinoff of short boards right. is now the go to. Right. You know, so yeah. you know that's what you're looking at. Like, I'm, we live in California, and yeah, we get excellent waves certain times of year, but most of the time we're going out and it's softer than it looks and it's yeah. slower than it looks and these the, if you go to any surf shop like yeah the, the the amount of boards on the wall is in that you know hybrid or fun shape power driver small yeah. performance boards back then though when it you wasn't. were on when you guys were on uh, tour yeah 80 percent of the board racks were that 6162 yep yeah yep and Lin- now it's Lin- like linen's ordering like 80 <laughs> flyers and flyer twos yep. and a couple of ca- like a couple k k uh k boards or whatever yep. Yep. and you know there yep. was no twins and retros and five it was form- rare yeah yeah so so you started building a name for yourself and like Larwa, I think was asking that people started coming to you and saying, yeah. hey yeah will you and we get a lot of that yeah. I think we get a lot of people wanting for us to review the boards and when i tell them that we want to help as many surfers around the world and that it's we don't want to do it more regionally and we'll occasionally do a mid-sized shaper um but they get the 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 grandiose the bigger scale plan for our show and who we are and why we're doing what we're doing yeah and so there's no hard feelings yeah when i have to turn those down but to think of a mid-sized shaper nowadays Spider was massive in the 90s. It was, yeah. And I would say he's a world-class shaper, but he's in that mid-size to smaller board building. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of... Um, there's different classes or sizes, board, board builders, yeah. right? So, yeah, we really focus on the bigger ones. And now, it's funny, answering Jay's question is like, yeah, the bigger brands, I could reach out or they'd reach out to me and we'd start working together. And now with COVID and surfing is booming, now I've even got the bigger board brands don't even send boards in for review because they can't keep anything in stock. <laughs> it's a, a blessing and a curse. Yeah. 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 It's it's funny how many more surfers there are and how many more wave pools like we were talking yeah. about earlier yeah. and how the Olympic, you know, Surfing is in the Olympics now, right? Which is it's crazy. Yeah, and the amount of board technology design uh, genres. There's yep. so many genres in surfing. Sure, you know. Sure, and and uh, and fins, like you said, it just keeps evolving and yep. changing, and which is really cool because really what what you do is is really it's such a niche, you know. Yeah. Um, there's definitely other people that are doing it, but the way you're doing it, you know, and uh, it's all about authenticity, sure. right? And like you said, like you know, no, no, no knock on on shred show, but you want to see somebody surfing and surfing well, right? right? And and being able to articulate it, you know, and, and give good advice or you know what critiques right that's that's what people want to see yeah and i think for me the producing one episode can take a long time yeah i mean like coming into wintertime right now we don't have a lot of waves in the stretch of beaches that i want to surf 
And so, and it's cold. Yeah. You know, and I feel like the amount of time we put into launching one review, one board review, what people don't understand is I'm still answering questions from a board that I reviewed three years ago. Yeah. That's epic. So every day, I'm answering questions on like three different platforms up until about seven o'clock at night. Damn. And I wake up in the morning and there's people from around the world asking questions to help before they make a purchase. That's so crazy. Like the reach. Yeah. Well, yeah. just, you know, like the, the reach is one thing, but you know, like how, like the, the content you're giving and, and the feedback is like people value that and it's helping them yeah. in a way that you're just like, yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope I'm, I'm making the right call for you, you know, because everybody has different sure. body statures and different abilities and, you know, the better you are, the less volume you want to get away yep. with and stuff. So, you know, it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. It, it's uh it's a good service though. You know, like you said, uh, rewarding for sure, right? Yeah. Because it, it is a, a high ticket item, you know, 800, 900 bucks. And for every time that you turn people to the right board, you're doing a service for the industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it gives, well, I think the, I think the hardest thing, it must be, I can't speak for shapers, but for a shaper to create a model, or a surfboard, and for someone to ride it and have a bad experience would be such a bummer yeah. for the designer. Yeah. Because they really spent time on R&D, and they really want people to buy the board and have a good experience. And so many times I feel like people just buy the wrong size. Yeah. Too small, too big, wrong fins, whatever, and we're looking for a feel and a response or reaction out of the board when we're surfing it that we have an expectation and when it doesn't meet that expectation most of us don't even know what that is yeah. by the way in yeah. my opinion you just know it doesn't feel like i don't want it to feel like it's feeling right now yeah and so you get turned off but the idea behind the show is we don't just give up on a board writing it one or once or twice yeah. we've got i have to ask how much do you weigh what's your skill level yeah. what fins do you have in there what kind of what were you writing before? Mm -hmm. It's like there's this what stuff. What are the that, conditions? Yeah, what are the conditions? Yeah. And then, you know, and then we can yeah. help them along. Because that's, that's the critical side of, what you know, of, of having hands-on experience and being a good surfer. Because, yeah, you could go look at the board reviews or what the shaper is like. Hey, this is made for this type of wave. And, the, you know, like the guidelines, you know, it's, it's pretty generic right. and pretty broad, you know. Yeah. And what you're doing is really hyper focusing and, and you know and and scaling all that info down. Right. You know, but still like everybody's I mean, I could you know, find somebody the same stature as me, but the ability is not there, it's a totally different board that you have. Yep. You know better? Yeah, way better. <laughs> you know. But like that's that's how finicky like surfing is. Right. You know. Yeah. I every always I always tell everybody like it, you want to get away with the least amount of volume you can, but then there's, you know, you don't want to see, you yeah. know? Yeah, there's always that tipping there's point. That, you, if you can't catch waves, you're not having fun. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Half, you know, yeah, that's, that's half the battle, yeah. for sure. Right. So it's like, yeah. And it's, it's cool because I bet you have a diverse audience, too, you know? We do. We like do. guys that are semi-pro, 
Probably. I think occasionally we get that. It's more or less like the advanced to intermediate, like beginner intermediate, like they're just coming out of that beginner stage. And we have that intermediate to advanced level surfer. Yeah. And I feel like there are some people that are in the expert level that will tune in to learn about a board. If you watch our show enough and you see the way I surf and I draw the same lines all the time, certain boards look better on me than others. Yeah. And you can make a good judgment call if you're an expert level surfer. You'll know which one to buy. Yeah. Because you know the yeah. lines and the flow yeah. and how critical it is in the pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think so that how, there's a bit of that going on too. How many episodes have you done now? We're on 126 maybe. And since 2014 you said? Since 2015. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. And that's just board, board reviews. We've done a lot of different episodes where like we'll do a surf tip. We'll do surf tutorials, how to surf better. So there's a lot of content on our YouTube channel. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I, we've been doing it. It just seems like we're putting out a lot of content. We try and touch our community once a week. That's killer. Yeah. Which we know, that's a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of work, man. Yeah. But you, you never can run out of ideas and content, right? Right. Like, you, you, surfing is so rich with, you know, right. new, newness that... So if you since you guys talk about the work and you understand that you put yeah. out you put out your your podcast once a week or whenever you do it and you put like hey we just got so and so on the show that's on your Instagram yeah. the comments start okay take that times three we have Instagram we have our patrons and then we have YouTube yeah so that's three different social media platforms firing with questions all day yeah and we get questions back. From the seaside back from two thousand, like four, three or four years ago, yeah. that thing's still pumping out tons of questions, and that board's really popular. Yeah, and I'm thinking I'm still answering questions. So when somebody gives a board for review, this is the part that gets me. People say you get boards for free to do the reviews, and other people punk me and say you're just doing it for free and blah blah blah. And you always have those haters out there. Yeah. yeah of However, none of those people see the work in the background that I'm still answering questions for something I did four years ago. Yeah, I'm still working there. Yeah. So that's the part that, like, I think most people can't grasp and get grab hold of, that it's so much more than just going surfing, getting a free board, and putting out the content. Yeah. It's a business of passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll never run out of content, really, you know, because it's like... I just said that, bro. Whoa. <laughs> but, but the, I mean, I mean, how many boards have you written, like a model, and then, you, you know, you do it in a different tech, in a different setup, fitting sure. setup, you know? Sure. Like, you could really do the same board a few different ways like hey this has fcs this one has futures this one has you know carbon you know whatever yeah. it changes there's, everything there's a uh what's uh the raglan surf report guy oh yeah ah raglan surf report yeah, yeah. i just, just forget his name you know Sorry, that bro. Is? he's so funny he's Jason, hilarious i don't know anyways he does a he's from new zealand yeah he does these these memes these little videos and he just did one about like a new surfboard it's too good. I'll show you after the show. That'd be sick. Yeah. It's not a review. He's no. It's a pretend. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, he's just. Uh. Anyways, it just made me think about like, you know, not not mocking or anything about what you do. It's just how psyched people get with their boards. Right. Oh, I got this new board. I better figure out like what all the what it's all about before I go to the car park and talk to all my friends. He's <laughs> he's remembering. He's naming off like. <laughs> everything in between that's awesome <laughs> just um, 
Yeah, because we're all we're all giddy, you know. We yeah, love yeah. you know getting especially a new board. when you get a new board yeah. and it works. Oh my gosh! Yeah, how great is that? So, have you ever had anybody get bummed on a review? One of the shapers? Yeah, yeah. Actually, people people tell me, oh no, you're way too diplomatic. You're not being honest, or you're not giving us the. And I'm like, hey, you know, have you seen, have you seen like. Um, the rusty chew toy review that I did and the board did a lot of great turns, put it in some great ways, but it didn't have that speed and X factor. Now, before I, um, did that review, I did, um, tell the guys at rusty that the board's doing great turns, but it doesn't have that speed and X factor. We're pretty much done with the review. And what do you want me to do here? And they're like, just run with it. Yeah. And so I did. Yeah. And it hurt. Yeah. You know, you got to see it from a surfboard manufacturer's perspective because those boards are on the shop rack, they're on the racks. Yeah. And there's a big investment there. And so I said straight up, and it just gave the show more credibility. Yeah. But we're not into destroying businesses, we're not into hurting people. We want to talk about what the board does well and what I think the board could do better. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, people are just like, they, some people don't really want an honest review. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. Right? And if you don't want an honest review, don't send the board. Yeah. Right? And then right. the other part of it is, can I talk intelligent, intelligently about the board and say it does these things well and I wish it could do these things better? And can everybody be okay with that? Yeah. You got to have to sign a waiver. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at what they do, stab in the dark, and they know this, all the shapers know going into it, like they're going to get good and bad feedback yeah. right you know regardless that's just part of you know putting yourself out there right. i mean people are going to talk you know whether it's on a show you're like yours or, or stab in the dark or just somebody in the car park at the shop you know like yeah. yeah this one you know it's but somebody some some board that might not work for somebody might be really good for somebody Absolutely. else too yeah. you know like yeah. that's that's surfing right? and i yeah. think there's a tasteful way to talk about boards yeah like i'm not here to bash things right it's like hey the board just didn't have the speed i was looking for but the way that you can explain articulate walk somebody through before making a purchase sure. for them on their end yeah that's a huge yeah you know bonus like absolutely like oh shit i thought the board was gonna do this i think it's peace of mind what we're talking about right, right? you have that i don't have it i'm sorry that's right. no worries um so you you're like hey you know just trying to sense how, how many times have have you like thought okay let's say a wizard's leave right uh-huh. oh my gosh kelly's ripping on that thing right you know kelly freaking rips on that thing Wyatt right. simmons rips on that thing right. yeah. i want to try that thing you try it, you buy it. It sucks. It right. sucks balls. Why? Because you're not Wyatt. You're not Kelly. Right. <laughs> or I don't have it in the right environment. Yeah. All, or I didn't you know, buy it at the right volume. Or I didn't put the right vent. Right. X, so, Y, Z, right? All those things that you're like educating people on. Right. You know, this. these, these rails do this. Yeah. These fins do that. This, yeah. you know, like those are important things that... I mean, you're basically doing a clinic, you know? Yeah. And and that's the, the, dude, like, that's the best way to learn about anything, you know, is having a clinic. Yeah, I and, agree. And you're basically test driving something without, it's also know. It's also the surf conditions, too. You'd be like, hey, you know, like, the day I surfed was, you know, if it had a little bit more 
punch or power a little bit more side you know mm -hmm. like there's a lot of variables that go into it too like yeah. you know i'm Your sure your wife gave us some little snacks i'm sure you try you know you try to board out multiple times it's right. like hey the guys this isn't just i paddle out for one session and catch five waves it's like right. you you know board sometimes take a little bit yeah. of going in you know yeah I, mean, I have had reviews like that where i felt like surfing a board at the point breaks the point breaks don't have a lot of power it's just got a lot of clean open face where you can really put it on rail and feel the board out and i felt like sometimes i have to go to a beach break and find a wave with a little bit more punch because it just didn't feel that good in, in the point breaks yeah it doesn't happen often but it happens so yeah. do you have like a your set spots where you make your videos and test the boards out yeah we really like obviously a wave with some open face where we can run multiple turns something that's really important to me is a board's glide and the flow of a board the ability for it to go rail to rail and it be smooth in transition and you know doing that at beach breaks is really hard to to get that kind of open face mm -hmm. but um i find that i spend most of my time at point breaks to feel out a board and i feel like people that know the show and follow the show and they watch all the reviews whether they're interested in that board or not that they're going that board looks unique on him because it's the same similar turns all the time at a similar wave all the time and they can actually pinpoint boards that they buy yeah. based on what they look like under my feet on top of what the review is yeah right? so i think i feel like i always want to put the board in the best canvas possible for that board yeah and if it takes going to a beach break we'll go to a beach break it's not my favorite i did that my whole life i'm done with beach breaks yeah to be honest with you but sometimes you have to go to a beach break because the boards that that board was created for really suits that that type of wave. So when are you going to quit surfing and do golf club reviews? Oh, it's funny. <laughs> That's so classic. If I had enough time to, to play golf, I'd have, I would have done that already. Are you still golfing? Uh, I was just starting to pick it up again and play with it a little you bit. You guys take, take the break 18 yeah. years. You'll get back into it. Has it been a decade yet? No, not yet. Well, my son's starting to want to play. He's 14, so nice. he wants to play golf. So we've just been going hip balls. So that's what's dragging me back into golf. I yeah. really don't have time to add something else to what I do. Yeah. Basically working two jobs Yeah. and um, creating content. So it's, it's a lot of work. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> monetizing it is important, right? Like sure. we were talking about. Um, and I look at your, your beautiful garage. And you have this, this, this one dial. This is a studio, Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Showroom. Garage studio. studio. Yeah. But it looks like you've created your own fin company. Yeah. Right? Uh, how do people buy it? So we sell, well, we have a website that we've had. It's called um, surfandshow.com. And that's mostly just board reviews. So all of our board reviews for every brand, every board that's ever been done has its own brand category, and then every board's broken down into category, like high-performer shortboard, small-weight performance board, growler, blah, blah, blah. And so we started finally designing our own fin templates, and we sell those on the website. And I really um, want to design things that don't exist. I don't want to come out with a Me Too fin. Right. If it doesn't have it, if it's not unique by design, Futures and FCS, FCS they make great products. Yeah. So why come out with something that's not unique Different. to its own design? Yeah. So that's what 
that's what intrigued me to start designing my own. Naked Viking is making our fins for us. And yeah, we sell direct um, to the surfers. Nice. So it's been super fun. I, I really like it. People say I should shape because I know so much about surfboards. I would never dare go there because that just would take forever. Yeah. yeah. That and, yeah, it's it's probably an expensive hobby too. Right. You know? And there's just too many damn good shapers out there, right? Yeah. So many. <laughs> yeah. They don't need another one. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's incredible. So, yeah, we've been dabbling in fin design. And you know what? I am actually starting to work on board design with a couple shapers. That's awesome. And that's been probably one of the funnest things I've ever done. So you're going to have a, a surf and show model with potentially with some some yeah. shapers? There's a collaboration I'm doing right now with um, Rusty. Sick. On a high-performance twin fin. And he shaped this the Rusty twin fin that I did a review on the boards. Epic. It's so good. And um, I wanted to talk to him about, can we get more pivot out of it? Can we get more XYZ out of the design? He's like, I go, you have any desires to do a 2.0? And he's like, let's do it together. Wow. And so we've been working on prototypes together. I'm doing one with Hayden Cox from Hayden Shapes. Yeah. We're working on a twin fin together, performance twin, totally different designs. They have two different feel underfoot. And I just feel like, yeah, okay, so if I were to design a board and I'm talking to a um, a legendary shaper like Rusty. Yeah. And I say, hey, I want more pivot. We talk about how to get that. It's just been amazing. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of amazing that okay, first you've created a killer show that is viewed globally, right? And you're creating your own fin fin system. And then you're creating board models <laughs> with shapers that's pretty incredible like feet you know i i i kind of pinch myself like somebody said hey one day you should get a model going with somebody i'm like that's kind of embarrassing to even think <laughs> that somebody would think about doing that with me you know but at the end of the day i feel like if a shaper is open-minded enough i've written a lot of boards from the best shapers in the world yeah you know what what's not out there yet. Yeah. Or what's a feel that I haven't felt yet? Yeah. Why not try and create or design from that perspective? Yeah. Together. You know, and I feel like um, a few shapers have had an open mind to saying, yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Did, um, one thing we always ask about is uh, wave pools, right? Like we, we've gone to the wave pool a couple times, Kelly's, and I know you went, yeah. right? Yeah. And how did that come about? Um, some of the people in our community invited us one of the doctors jeffrey yoon does like uh jeffrey yoon yeah jeffrey yeah. is great and, and they do like he's a, there more a, than anybody a doctor summit yeah, he, he, does, he goes to a, sur a surf trip like a week at the way <laughs> yeah and he invited me and then another um group of guys in our community invited me out and and so that's how i got to surf the pool and helping these guys with equipment yeah. and doing some vip coaching with them and they'll send over waves from the from the pool and we'll critique and um, help try and help them progress, not only in equipment, but in their technique of surfing. Yeah. And then um, same guys, same thing happened out at Waco. Some guys from Texas says, hey, we don't know what to write out here. Come visit and we'll take care of everything and help us get some boards at work. That's so, it's funny what you, you know, your passion leads you to so many opportunities. Oh, yeah. Right? And going to surf the wave pools is a bucket list thing. 
That's the tour I want to get on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. But who'd have thought, you know, like, I mean, your intentions probably weren't like, hey, I'm not going to be a, a surf coach. I'm just going to critique boards and whatever. And like right. Lyndon said, like, it just opens up doors. And and now you're doing what you love. And now you're getting trips and you're hanging out with people. Yeah. And you are you're are a surf coach in a way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, sure, the passion, the, the hard work and passion leads to opportunities, yeah. right? The, the perks come along. Sure. You know, at first you're just, you know, wanting to maybe get a, a deal on a board. Right. And, and look what it's become. And look, you, yeah. You've got your own fins. You're getting your own board models. You're getting whist uh, wave pools. It's, and you're getting free product from Late Night with Chalky. Let's just get into that. Yeah, huh? yeah we got a... So, a bunch of sponsors. I love it. First off, we've got a pair of Otis sunglasses. Sick. Mineral. Larry, you go into it. Yeah, they got uh, these really nice, scratch-resistant mineral lens um, uh, lenses. Great. Eco acetate. Yeah. I'm looking fresh, dude. They're from fresh Western Australia. It just really, really clean-looking glasses, but good for the environment as well. Sure. Good, great Otis. product. And then we are working with Surfa CBD, company uh, that is backed by and owned by Mason Ho and, and Logan Doolian of Snapped. That's awesome. Snap 4. Yeah. And Lou Carrion. The stuff is amazing. So you take it and put it on the joint, rub it wherever you're hurting, and yeah. it does yeah, its thing? For, yeah, kind of muscle relief, anti-inflammatory. Sure. Yeah, it's great for all of us old folk. Yeah. I love it. All these it. surf injuries. I kind of do that every night now. Yeah. Um, and then we have Caliente Southwest Grill. Awesome. Where's this at? It's off of plus, uh, 17th Street. Okay. A couple doors down from Surfside Sports. Surfside in, Sports. In Costa Mesa. So if you're coming up to pick up boards or, you know, come surf Huntington or Newport. Yeah. Pick up some of this uh, Southwest okay. Grill at Caliente. And we're proudly sponsored by St. Archer. Sick. A delicious beer. Which one this is this is one? This is the IPA. What? Some kind of IPA. So you got a six pack of that, and then you're, you're you probably surf more than I do. You probably need some shade sunscreen. Absolutely, with the bald head, we gotta take care of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you look like you bronze well, but yeah, you know, skin cancer doesn't doesn't. It's not biased, man. Right. It'll it'll get you re regardless. And then we got some bonsai bowls. I love the bonsai bowls, man. They're good. You probably go to the one in San Clemente. Sick. And there's one in Laguna Beach as well. Yep, they got five locations in California, two in Hawaii. Yeah. Wow. Bonsai. And then, last but not least. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Okay. Yep. Huh? I like the hard seltzer. Zero carbs, zero sugar, gluten free. Now you're speaking. It's it's tasty. It doesn't have like a like a lot of the the sweetness that some of the other seltzers on the market have. Yeah. It's it's smooth. It's like drinking a nice soda water with a hint of flavor. And that one is me and my wife's favorite. That's the mango chili. Whew. Tasty. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love the seltzers. Can we, do we have another one? Can I keep that one and we give them another? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then you're wearing some cool Lakai shoes, right? Yeah, Skater. I love Lakai shoes. Yeah, great. Skater's owned, started by uh, Mike Carroll and Rick Howard. Uh, I used to work for Lakai back in the day, but we are also sponsored 
by an independently owned company called Clear Weather Sick. Brand. Yep. And uh, I'll send you the the link to Order pick a out a, yeah pick let's out a pair get, of shoes. Let's get some shoes. Man. Yeah, we'll skate in them too. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. have a skate collection and then just a kind of a, a nice, like, lifestyle casual. And then they have some, like, dress and boots. They have, a, like, a lot of good nice. stuff. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Sponsored. So, <laughs> right? We love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, dude, what an incredible journey that you've had, you know, yeah. coming from... Torrents surfing shitty waves and yeah. torrents burnt outs in the avenues. <laughs> but, you know, that probably made you a better surfer in a way. You know, surfing small, crappy waves. Sure, sure. And then you I'm, you kind of didn't really do contests that much, right? I didn't do a lot yeah. as an amateur. I didn't do too many. Yeah. But and just then, the fact that the parents moved down to, like, Carlsbad. Yeah, right. And he, well, he was he, in Vista, which is also inland, right? Yeah, 15 yeah. minutes from any of the local breaks yeah but yeah i mean i mean what a great zone and to link up with you know slam breezy to yeah and yeah. you know and that's again, a great like story the talent pool down there is in, insane the yeah. waves are always good the caliber is just sure. like yeah to be to start filming with taylor knox yeah. and mike slam breezy yeah. Yeah. yeah and having a brother that was always there to to kind of uh foster your growth and, yeah. and progression yeah aaron's been great he's always believed in me yeah. you know as a big brother that's priceless you know? yeah yeah him him having a big brother that has that for you yeah it's pretty cool that's rad yeah and then working at surf ride yeah know? absolutely those guys are great over there yeah and then gray marketing some burton product to get you through i don't remember talking about that <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me some some extra crash to, to travel the the grind of the yeah. qs yeah and then uh to hear that you freaking quit surfing for 10 years yeah roughly 10 years i think it was about 10 and and like i you know was saying like you had a you could have done that you could have been a rep you could have been in marketing you could have you could have probably had a, a a good position if you searched for it right yeah. and but golfing took you away for yeah. 10 years my grumpy attitude got me out of that surfing <laughs> yeah and so i mean because you don't seem like you would be grumpy yeah, I mean, I don't think I carried that grumpiness when I was out and about. It was yeah. just I needed to, I just needed to get away. Yeah, hit the reset button, and it just took a while, you know, yeah. for me to come back. Ten freaking yeah, years, a long time, bro. And you were that close to getting uh, whatever that thing was to to be a professional. Yeah, to uh, passing the player's achievement test to get my PGA card. Yeah, yeah. to get your PGA. Yeah, just card. so I could be an instructor. Yeah, and then your your family business started. Yeah. It's been a it's been quite a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. And then for you wh why did you want to start surfing again? Like what Oh, uh, just for fun. Just, just for fun. fun. I wanted to, you know, get in shape and you know, you just surfing just something's just always part of your life. You yeah. know? Were you following like the tour and were oh, you still no. involved? You were just mm -hmm. kinda like checked out, like no, for sure. Checked out. That is so weird, right? Yeah. And then and then you you got back into surfing through Craigslist. Yep. And you you stumbled upon Shred Show, yep. Chris Crow, yep. and you actually bought through Craigslist Chris Crow's board. Yeah, that he did a review on, and then I bought another board that introduced me to Heather, who used to be my team manager at CI when I was on tour, and I ended up at CI grabbing a Blum board, and then it, that's when it really just took off. Yeah, and now you're globally viewed. 
you, you get hundreds of thousands of views on, on your episodes now. You've created your own fins, surf and show fins. Who would have ever thought all this yeah. would happen, yeah. And you're creating surf and show models with the biggest surf brands in the industry. A couple of them, it's starting. Yeah, it's just been super fun. I guess, you know, you just high-leveled it. Yeah. And yeah, it's been quite a journey. A you know, 49-year-old pro surfer over here. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a hustler over here, that's it. I mean, but it, but it's all in good intentions. Like, you know, again, you know, you work, you work on yourself, you have a passion, and then, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a job for you. You sure. know, you put a lot of hard work and hours behind it, but, you know, at the same time, you know, you're... You're doing what he loves. Yeah, you, you're... You know, you would have never thought in your wildest dreams that you'd be at this point in your life, like yeah. with your own, you know, having your own fin is like what a pro surfer dreams of or uh, having a signature or something. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. Larson's never had a signature anything. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> signature drink, maybe, or something. I don't know. Dude. Um, a late night with chalky something would be sick. Yeah. Right. Hear that like, sponsors? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, congratulations, congratulations on everything, man. man. And it's again, we, you know, we've been following you for a long time, and I know we've chatted a little bit over the last, I don't know, year or two. We've been doing this, but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's rad to see our friends or people we know like having a really good time and creating a side hustle passion yeah. to. Afford a, I mean, a bona fide business, sure. right? And and that's cool. That's that's so rad. To, American dream, right there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like really you you're surfing lowers like more than anybody. You and Masaki are always out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, it, but yeah, I mean, it, you obviously you you know you're a surfer at heart, and that's what your passion was. And then you know to flip it over to golf, and and you could have been wildly successful there too, like you're sure. mentioning, you yeah. know, because you you invested the time, you 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 excelled at 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 the at the level where you know it's now you could provide a service, you know, right. sure. And not anybody could just do this right. and make you know? some extra money doing it too. Extra money, sure. yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. So Go ahead. you're. An entrepreneur, obviously, family. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to young listeners? I think for me, I, I, I told my idea to start Surf and Show by reviewing surfboards to a couple of friends. And they both kind of chuckled and laughed at me. And these guys are good friends. Good enough mm. friends that they can laugh at you yeah. and I'm not offended. Yeah. Because they don't want to hurt me. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? They want to help me. But they thought, bro, I think you're all wet on this one. I don't think it's going to go well. Wow. And just recently we were talking. They're like, you remember that conversation? I'm like, I do. And I and I feel like if you have a passion for something and you see a niche. Yeah. And I can't say that my desire to do this wasn't completely unselfish. Obviously, we want to get you know boards to review. Yeah. It helps that they're free. Yeah, of course. That kind of stuff. So I can't say that. Oh, we started it just to help people. Yeah. No, but in the grand scheme of things now, getting new boards never gets old to review. However, we're helping more people, and that makes us happier on this side of Surf and Show now. Yeah. yeah. Compared so to, so it's kind of flip-flopped. Yeah. 
And when I say helping people, just helping people make good decisions. Yeah. So for a younger, the younger listener or even an older listener looking for a fresh idea is if you're not passionate about it, don't start it. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that's going to carry you through five years of not monetizing. Because that's how long it took us before we monetized and figured out how to make money. Some of the biggest shapers in the world were patting me on the back, wanting me to keep going, knowing that if he doesn't monetize it soon, he's going to stop doing this. Yeah. Because those are the options. You either keep yeah. going or you don't. Yeah. And so I really feel like find a niche, see how you can help people. And if you're passionate, it's not really work. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's just kind of, that's, that's the formula yeah. for me. I love yeah. it. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that, you know, we could relate to because, you know, we're, we're here, we do this every week and, and we, you know, we interview, you know, amazing people like yourselves and, and hear your journey and, and, and it'll, it'll spark other conversations with other people. You know, like the web of life, but the sure. web of our, our surfing, mm -hmm. it's so interesting, you know. And, you know, here we are. We stayed in Hawaii one winter together. Yeah. You know, we traveled and seen each other all over. And, you know, we see at Lowers every once in a while. Sure. Hey, when, when, do, you, when do you ever surf? He's always saying, <laughs> how come you're never down here? And I'm like, I know you're out here every time I surf. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the perks of the job, bro. Yeah. No, but, you know, me and Lyndon, you know, like when he pitched this, you know, this show to me, you know, like, hey, let's, let's do this show. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't know. And there's already people doing it. And, you know, we, we do our own show, you know, right, we, don't, right. we don't try to copy somebody else that's doing a, a surf podcast and everybody has their little, sure. little niche. But yeah, I mean, it gives us a lot of motivation to, you know, continue on and, and keep hustling because we love it. You know? Yeah, it's super fun. We're having fun doing it. Yeah. And, and our guests are having fun doing sure. it with us and the feedback we're getting from you know friends and people we don't even know that yeah. hit us up like i'm sure you get all yeah, the time yeah. it's like wow you guys thank you you know that yeah. was so fun to listen to it sure. felt like i was there yeah so yeah yeah i mean we're here to inspire and here you know push people outside their comfort zone and you know whether it's you know starting a business or or going after their dream or yeah. following their passion i mean that's it's all life experiences and that's sure. what we're sharing. You know? sure. Yeah, cool. I think for me, one of the things that I was flattered that you guys asked me to even be on the show, when you have guys like Kelly and um, Xanadu and, and, and for me to be a, a, a peer of Jay's from back in the day competing, there's, there's such a um, strangeness about being a competitor. And I don't know if you felt this because I won't speak for you, but for me, you always, you kind of carry this, so many people rip. <laughs> and you, you don't really know if you belong at times because you don't always surf your best, you yeah. know. But for you guys to reach out and say, hey, we really like what you're doing, what you and your brother are up to, and we yeah. want to have you on the show, yeah. we're flattered, bro. That's killer. Like, this is, this is a big deal for it's, us. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like, I here's the industry representing you guys both sales reps, and yep. and then you have a peer, and you you believe in me. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like that's kind of what society needs right now. For sure. Is we need to believe in each other and we need to talk, we need to speak highly of each other and we need to encourage each Lift other. Lift each other up. And support. push each other off the fence. That if you're on the fence and you're thinking about doing something and somebody's just there to nudge you off and help you along the way with encouraging words, it means all the difference in the world. Yeah. yeah. So I can't thank you guys enough for introducing Surf and Show 
to your community. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, we're stoked, and uh, congrats again, and, and thanks for uh, letting us come in uh, into your, I guess, showroom slash office slash boardroom <laughs> slash, you know, uh, warehouse. I mean, you got you to gotta dial a little setup here, and um, yeah, let's go surf soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Noel, Sal, Salas, Surf and Show. Yeah, Sal. Peace. Bonsai Bowls. Hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.